The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello and welcome. Thanks for being here with us. 888-900-3393. Fascinating time for America as they have... uh, Our Congress has pulled a private business owner before them to ask him about his business practices. And I guess they think they should have a hand in uh, deciding what his business practices are. Now, as that applies to tax law, I can kind of understand because if Facebook is supposed to be neutral in order to get certain tax breaks, then they have a right to ask him if 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 they're non-biased. If it doesn't have anything to do with uh, U.S. law being broken or tax breaks that he's receiving that he shouldn't, then none of that stuff is any of your business. We don't have to become a part of the Facebook community. There's no law that says you got to sign up and you have to say yes to this uh, user agreement. Absolutely nothing in life tells you that you must be part of Facebook. We existed pretty nicely for a really long time without Facebook. But these, the questioning he's getting, I, I mean, it just shows the mentality in Washington, D.C. now that they, they believe they should be able to control absolutely everything and everyone. This is not a socialist uh, system. We don't have a communist society. The private business owners unless they're doing something illegal, don't have to answer to you. But the theory from these senators is that they most certainly do. Uh, Patrick Leahy, who is, I don't know, 206 now? 207. 207. Last week. And he's been in office. Happy birthday. uh, Since the founding of our nation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He was asking uh, about... Facebook being a breeding ground for hate and how he's going to change that. Let's say it is a breeding ground for hate. Don't join it then. Uh Get off. (laughs) If you don't want to frequent a site that is a breeding ground for hate, then don't get on it. It doesn't mean you can regulate it just because they're saying hateful speech again. It's the only speech that needs to be protected. You talk about a breeding ground for hate. You should uh, pull the CEO of Twitter in to talk to you because that place is far more hateful. They're both pretty bad. Uh, Lindsey Graham yesterday was amazing in trying to get Mark Zuckerberg to identify exactly what his business is and who his competitors were. Tell me who your main competitor is. Like if Facebook didn't exist, who could I go? So you want me to sit here in front of Congress and propose... And promote some competitor? Mm-hmm. No, why would I do that? I'm not going to do that. Well, is your service a monopoly? Uh, is there somebody else that can do what you do? Well, if not, you're welcome to try. Okay, because Facebook, by the way, did not blaze this trail. MySpace existed long before Facebook did. 
And Facebook came along and destroyed MySpace. Destroyed it. So it wasn't a uh, monopoly. I mean, MySpace, you could make a case, I guess, had a monopoly. And Facebook destroyed it because somebody came up with it. And, uh, and they, they were better than MySpace was. People liked it more. So if you now believe Facebook has become a monopoly, start, start a competitor. Do a competing uh, platform online. The question, you know, I mean, he should have just said, well, is it a monopoly? No, because if, if you think it's the only one out there and it should have competitors, start your own. Lindsey Graham, just like I did. Well, I didn't, but I stole it from my roommate <laughs> and I built upon it. So if you can steal something from somebody you know and build on it, then go ahead. The Winklevoss twins, by the way, at Harvard, uh, wound up getting, I think they only got 65, well, only, but $65 million out of their efforts on Facebook. But you can say he took the foundation that they had in place and certainly built on that. And it, it went from a, you know, it went from a platform for a few Harvard students, a few hundred, then became thousands. Now, what is it? 2.1 billion people are on that? I mean, that's some serious marketing and business know-how from Zuckerberg. So he, de- he deserves credit for that. Well, then now it's time to regulate him. Yeah, now, now we got to regulate him. Because he wants to be regulated, apparently. I mean, it's, it's asinine, his, his uh, attitude toward this. He should be telling him it's none of your business. Why did I? Lindsey Graham asked him yesterday, why'd you buy Instagram? What do you mean, why did I buy in? That's none of your, first of all, it's none of your business. Secondly, can you not noodle that out? <laughs> I'm a businessman. I saw a great business platform. I wanted to invest in it, and so I did. What do you mean, why did I buy Instagram? <laughs> Jeez. Really, none of your freaking business. Well, what do we tell our constituents? I don't know, Lindsay. Tell your constituents if they don't like Facebook, don't get on it. Tell your constituents to stop reelecting you too. Yeah, Lindsay. Uh, tell your constituents that the U.S. Senate has no business sticking their nose into my uh, corporate policy. None, none whatsoever. Um. So. Zuckerberg's going along with this though. It's kind of it's it's and it's not strange because he's liberal. And so I think he believes this is natural. And why he would go along with uh, regulating his business when it's pretty much unregulated right now, I don't know. He he said he told them yesterday that he believes in regulation if it's the right regulation. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't dictate that now. Now that you've opened yourself up to it, you're not going to be able to control them doing the right thing. In fact, you can almost guarantee they're not going to do the right thing by your business or anybody else's. Here's a montage of Zuckerberg complimenting the senators for their great questions. Uh, This is kind of fun. Senator, this is an important question. Senator, that's a a great question. Well, Senator, this is actually a very important question. I'm glad you brought this up. Senator, that's a a good and important question here. Senator, I think that this is a really hard question. Senator, th- those are all important questions. Senator, this is a, 
a really big question. <laughs> Senator, this is a, a, a very Im important question. Senator, I think the, the core question you're asking about AI transparency is a really important one. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a good question. Yes, Senator, this is a good question. I think you raise an important question. And for the witness, Mr. Zuckerberg, the hearing is adjourned. A <laughs> lot of important questions being asked that he's obviously happy to answer and encouraging them to continue to ask. This is not going to turn out well for him. I, I, don't, I don't understand what he thinks is going to happen here. But it's not going to be good for Facebook. It's not going to be good for any. It's not going to be good for business. It's not going to be good for America. Down the road. It hasn't even mm -hmm. been invented yet. It's just, oh boy, so short-sighted. Um, apparently, Mark Zuckerberg has practiced sitting incredibly still, too, while he's being grilled. Uh, take a look at this. <laughs> As he sits there virtually motionless. Wow. Uh, here's the side view of him. Oh, like his little booster seat, too. And he's got, yeah, he has a booster seat. <laughs> I mean, he's he's there for hours, so they obviously gave him a little padding, uh -huh. a little butt padding. Well, I mean, a phone book could have done the same thing. Uh, okay. Yes, uh, maybe not as comfortably. Mm -hmm. But there he is, sitting absolutely still. Wow. With pretty good posture, too. He's not slouching. Uh, <laughs> this lasts for, I think, a full minute, where he just sits there without moving. I don't even know. I don't know if he blinked. <laughs> well, I mean, did they check? I mean, he must have been charged up. The robot must have been charged up before he uh, yeah, a lot of went people in are, there. A lot of people are speculating. This guy might be a robot. He might be a cyborg. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, the only, as far as I've seen, and I didn't see every single question directed toward him, but... The only questions that I've seen that seemed legitimate were from uh, Ted Cruz because he was referencing U.S. law that must be adhered to if you're going to receive certain tax advantages. And uh, so Cruz is asking him about Facebook's neutrality. He asked him here if they consider themselves a neutral public forum. Mr. Zuckerberg, does Facebook consider itself a neutral public forum? Senator, Senator, we consider ourselves to be a platform for all ideas. Mm -hmm. Let me ask the, the question, question again. Does Facebook consider itself to be a neutral public forum? And representatives of your company have given conflicting answers on this. Are, are you a First well, Amendment speaker expressing your views, or are you a neutral public forum allowing everyone to speak? Uh, Senator, here's how we mm. think about this. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that uh, there is certain content that clearly we do not allow. Clearly. Right. Mm -hmm. Hate speech, terrorist content, um, nudity, anything that makes people feel unsafe in, in the community. That's not the question. Mark. Um, from that mm -hmm. perspective, that's why we generally try to refer to what we do okay. as a platform yeah, for let, all let ideas. Try just because the time is constrained. <laughs> it's just a, a simple question. The predicate for, for Section 230 immunity under the CB, CDA is that you are a neutral public forum. CDA. Do you consider yourself a neutral public forum? Or are you engaged in political speech, which is your right under the First Amendment? That's a, I mean, there you go. Huh. It's Section 283 under the CDA. We should look that up. Is okay. that involving taxes? Um, also, Cruz pushes him a little bit further here on this whole idea of whether or not there's a Facebook bias, which, of course, there is. Our goal is certainly not to engage in political speech. I'm not that familiar with the specific legal language of the, the law that you, that you speak to, so I, I would need to follow up with you on that. 
I'm just trying to lay out how broadly I think about this. Well, Mr. Zuckerberg, I will say there are a great many Americans who I think are deeply concerned that, that Facebook and other tech companies are engaged in a pervasive pattern of bias and political censorship. Uh, there have been numerous instances with Facebook. In May of 2016, Gizmodo reported that Facebook had purposefully and routinely suppressed conservative stories from trending news including stories about CPAC, including stories about Mitt Romney, including stories about the Lois Lerner IRS scandal, including stories about Glenn Beck. Mm. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, Facebook mm. has initially shut down the Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day page, has blocked a post of a Fox News reporter, has blocked over two dozen Catholic pages, and most recently blocked Trump supporters Diamond and Silk's page with 1.2 million Facebook followers after determining their content and brand were, quote, unsafe to the community. To a great many Americans, that appears to be a pervasive pattern of political bias. Do you agree with that assessment? Uh, I'm going to guess. Now we cut it off there. I'm just going to take a wild stab that he does not agree with that assessment. He's not going to admit to any of that, obviously. Uh, so, but a, a good line of questioning, I think, from Senator Cruz. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Much more on this. We uh, a lot on the uh, Syrian situation, which could spiral completely out of control. In the meantime, uh, maybe you want to feel better about yourself, feel better, healthier. You want to lose weight. Uh, there's a great way to do it. It's called diet and exercise. That's really the formula. And nobody wants to hear it. But there's something that can help you with that formula. And it's called Riduzone, which just about everybody here in the building is using. It's a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. And it just boosts your metabolism. It reduces your appetite and helps you burn fat. It was launched by a local company that, uh, that took the OEA out of olive oil. Which does all those things. Boosts metabolism, reduces appetite, helps you burn fat. And uh, that's what they use in this. So, again, it's all natural and it's safe. And with your proper nutrition and exercise, it can help you lose a lot of weight and help you, more importantly, keep it off. Because that's really hard. So, to order, go to riduzone.com, enter the promo code PAT, and you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E dot com. Riduzone.com, as Brad Staggs joins us. And I, I wanted to, you know, you, you're talking about making yourself feel better, and I, I wanted to tell you a little story. Uh, oh, so this, story this, this pay, pay it forward moment is brought to you by um, usewaxrx.com. So just so you know. So I'm driving this morning through a coffee place, uh, but let, let's call it Moon Dollars. I don't want to, you know, I mean, they didn't pay for commercials. So I don't want to like say the name of the place. Not Bar Sucks? No. Okay. No. No, it's moon dollars. So, and I'm driving, and I go up there, and I go to the window, and the guy says, well, guess what? The guy in front of you paid for your stuff. Oh, no. So, and I thought, well, that was very nice. Of course, I immediately felt guilty, but, you Mm -hmm. know, after I I thought, thank you, I I didn't tell him thank you. I just realized I had to do something nice for somebody else, Mm -hmm. which is so hard to do. But I thought, what a great idea today for you, if you're listening, if you're watching right now, if you would just, at the very least... Just go to usewaxrx.com. I'm not even asking you to buy it. Just go there. 
just go there. First of all, it shows them that, you know, that you are a loyal listener and that, the, you know, it actually is, you know, our, our sponsors are very, um, especially WaxRx, they've been very lenient with their direction as to what we, how we present their product. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, just go to usewaxrx.com, show them that you're listening. And if you have the means to do so and you know somebody that maybe has had some problems with their ears or hearing or whatever, buy some for them. Huh. Just spend the 40, if you can, and I'm not trying to guilt you into anything, but if you can afford it, just go there and buy something for somebody and have it sent to them just as a way of paying it forward. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. That's really That's nice. really sweet, yeah. Brad. Mm-hmm. And see, I now I, like I have actually cleansed my conscience of the need to go out and do something, not because I've suggested that some other people, so I've... So did, like you, my, did you pay for the guy behind no, you? No, he with, broke the yeah. chain there, <laughs> and he used the money. I'm continuing the chain. the chain here. See? I thought, you know what? I could pay for one person behind me. How far does that go? Let's go ahead, and for thousands of people, let's do something nice for all You know all what would them. be funny mm-hmm. if somebody... Uh, had paid it forward or backward in in this case because mm. they paid for you and you were behind them. Right. right. If you ordered some everything on the menu. That's what I was going to say. Like, how much <laughs> do they pay for? And you say, all right, now give me some of these and then throw these a, over here. A $150 tab. <laughs> Thanks. I'm hey, worth, thank you I'm for that. I'm worth every bit Buy of yourself money. something nice. So, so, pay it forward at usewaxrx.com. Uh, use promo code radio for free standard shipping. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. The statute that Cruz referred to in uh, his question to Mark Zuckerberg apparently isn't about tax law. It's immunity from prosecution for anything illegal that happens on your site. Yeah, I'm just reading up on it here. As long as you're non-biased? As long as you're a neutral party? Yeah, you're a third party. um, Federal immunity. Interesting. Yeah, just as long as you... Yeah, I don't know. As long as you're not taking a side there. You just kind of become immune to any kind of uh, fallout from illegal activity on there, I guess. Like if people are dealing drugs on Facebook, then you wouldn't be held responsible for that. Right. Sex trafficking, yeah, stuff like that. All of that. 888 uh, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, he's a Republican, uh, he was talking to Zuckerberg about the user agreement. Uh, here's what he had to say. Here's what everybody's been trying to tell you today, and I I, I say this gently. Your user agreement sucks. (laughs) You you can spot me 75 IQ points. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out. The purpose of that user agreement is to cover Facebook's rear end. Of course it is. It's not to inform your users about their rights. Now, you know that, and I know that. I'm going to suggest to you that you go back home and rewrite it and tell your $1,200 an hour lawyers, no disrespect, they're good, but, but tell them you want it written in English, in non-Swahili. Now, let me uh, start with, with your bottom line there. Mm-hmm. Is he going to take your advice? Is he going to go back and make changes to that user agreement? And I don't know. 
uh, I, I just I was mildly disappointed today. Mr. Zuckerberg's a really bright guy, and he was well rehearsed. I kind of wish he hadn't rehearsed. I'm just not sure we connected with him. I mean, what we tried to tell him was, look, Facebook's an extraordinary company. You've done some magical things, but the, but the digital promise land has some minefields. One of them is privacy. The other one is propaganda. Go back and address these. And he, he was, uh, it was all, it was just sort of, well, you know, yeah, I want to do better, but I'm not doing anything wrong. And I, I'm just not sure we connected. Now, there's going to be a flurry of bills introduced. They're coming. Mm -hmm. And whether they pass or not is up to Mr. Zuckerberg. I don't want to regulate him. It's the last thing I want to do. Hmm. You but don't I, want to regulate By God, I will. I will vote to do it if he's not going to no, really no. sit down and, and really? uh, be serious about this. I'm not saying he's unserious. I'm just not sure. Yeah. We connected. He was too rehearsed. They did too good hmm. of a job. I, I wanted him just to come in and let's talk. Mm -hmm. And you suggested to him that he he go home and rewrite rewrite the user uh, agreement. I suggest to you, Senator, that you stick it up your rectal cavity. That's what he should have said, but he didn't. If you don't like the user agreement, don't agree to it. Again, it's so simple. You don't have to be a part of the Facebook community. You don't have to. So you, you know, I'm glad. I think it's. It's uh, nice, I guess, that they're concerned about the user experience and what you're agreeing to. And yeah, the, I mean, somebody printed out the user agreement. I think it was like, looked like it was 10,000 pages. <laughs> uh, and so it's ridiculous and we all know that. And we all know we're agreeing to things we don't want to agree to. We just want to get on the forum. Just leave me alone so I can get on there and post and start seeing the things from my friends and family members and all of that. Uh, but that's, that is... That's our decision. So to tell Mark Zuckerberg, a private business owner, that he should go back and redo his user agreement, I mean, that's inappropriate for a U.S. senator to do. Then Aaron Burnett asked him if he'd like to apologize for something he said to Zuckerberg. You said uh, in English, uh, not in Swahili. And obviously, oh, no. you're probably aware there has been outrage over your Swahili line by some. Some what? calling it a racial slur, disparaging, oh, distasteful, unnecessary. Uh, do you Come want to on. apologize for it, or do you think that those no. people are taking it too seriously? No, there's nothing to apologize for. I, I, I think everybody understood the point I was trying to make. So no, Thank no you. apology at all? No. <laughs> Way to, way to get hung up on that one, Aaron. Uh, right? What an asinine question. You're going to apologize because you said in English, not Swahili. I mean, how many times have people said that? It doesn't, it's not a racial comment. Really? Come on. It's that Swahili is just not something a, most Americans speak, so, no Senator, matter what race you are. Here's what we did, Senator. We, we just golly. looked on, because we were sitting here watching it, in the CNN control room, and we said, wow, that's racist. Look on Twitter and find anyone that says this is racist so we can put that on the screen when we tell him this is racist. And that's exactly what they did. Stop it. So frustrating. Stop looking for stuff to complain about when there's nothing there. So aggravating. It, it just makes real racism, it just waters down that whole discussion. You know, there's a legitimate, there's a legitimate issue in this country. I don't think it's as strong as it once was, but it's stronger than it was before Barack Obama. I, I do believe that. 
There's more racism now than before Barack Obama because he split this country in half. Uh, but th- it's not to the extent that CNN tries to make it. They see a racist boogeyman around every single corner and under every single bed. Give it a rest for the love of heaven. Give it a rest. And Zuckerberg, you know, I guess you could say he has this coming to him because he's agreed to all this and because he's got this liberal mentality that the government belongs in everything. Well, then, okay, Uh, they're they're doing what you think they should do. Deal with it now. You deserve it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Student walkout today. Everywhere. It's just all over the place. Wall to wall. Enough already. Okay, I get it. <laughs> You're a pro-life media. I understand. Relax. <laughs> Would that be nice? Wait. No one. No one <laughs> is has even mentioned no one. that today's the day for the uh big walkout. The pro-life walkout in support of the unborn and pregnant and parenting students. Uh, but nobody's covering it. Students for Life of America, the SFLA, uh, are actually walking out today. 350 student groups. I've heard it's a lot more than that. I've heard it's 1,200 student groups. Wow. Site for the event called for an end to abortion and the defunding of Planned Parenthood. On Wednesday, April 11th, today, we will walk out of our classes for 17 minutes of silence and prayer. Where'd they get the 17? Is that still referencing Parkland? Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. Because they should, they should stay out there for 60 million seconds. Because that's uh, one <sighs> second for every baby aborted between uh, 1973 and now. That, sir, is We're, a mic drop. Yeah. Mm, nice job. We will stand silently outside honoring the 10 children who will violently die during that time. At Planned Parenthood abortion facilities. We will rally and demand the end of Planned Parenthood's taxpayer-funded empire. We'll kneel and pray for the end of legal abortion in our nation. Wow, that's really nice, though. This is great, and of course, nobody's going to cover it. Nobody's going to cover it. SFLA represents, there it is, there's the 1,200 I got, 1,200 pro-life student groups in all 50 states, and they've uh, helped to organize this walkout. The idea began... After California high school students like Brandon Gillespie of Rockland High School expressed concern over a double standard on school walkouts, which kind of started with a teacher, right? Gillespie was inspired by Julianne Benzel, his history teacher, 
And she was put on paid administrative leave after asking the school if the school would allow a pro-life walkout in the wake of gun control. So it, it will be fascinating to see how schools deal with this. And, uh, of course, we've already seen no coverage on it. Nobody's covering this today. Silent as the grave from the media. I haven't even seen anything on Fox News about it. 888 uh, Larry in Colorado, you're on the blaze. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. I just uh, wanted to say uh, regarding the 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 riveting hearings from yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> they were riveting. Um, that it's listening to men and women who are older than Moses <laughs> talk about internet security and cyber privacy is almost as humorous as listening to those same men and women lecture us about guns that they don't know anything about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's, it's the same thing. It's, 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 it drives me insane. And of course, Zuckerberg opened himself up to this, like you said, and that's, yeah, that's, that's problematic. Yeah, it is. It is because he's playing right into their hands. Sure. He is. And he thinks that they're ultimately he thinks they're doing the right thing. And that's what you said was pretty profound in that. Ultimately, he thinks that they're doing the right thing. And lastly, guys, and I'll leave you with this. um, Those same men and women scream and yell about protecting our children. But uh, we have now um, eliminated 10 times more human life than Hitler did during the Holocaust. Right. Right. Thanks, Larry. And I I, I mean, you can't overstate how awful the abortion industry is in this country and all over the world. You can't overstate it. The abortion statistics worldwide are flabbergasting. 1.2 billion abortions since 1973 worldwide. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you throw China into there where they have forced abortions, uh, that number becomes just unthinkable. It's just unthinkable. But instead of doing something about funding abortions on a federal level, uh, they're trying to get their hands around a private company like Facebook. Senator Ben Sass uh, yesterday asked Zuckerberg if social media companies hire consulting firms to help them figure out how to get more dopamine feedback loops. Dopamine, really, we're getting into dopamine feedback loops? Here's that exchange. Companies hire consulting firms to help them figure out how to get more dopamine feedback loops so that people don't want to leave the platform? No, Senator. That's not how we talk about this or, or, or how we uh, set up our product teams. We want our products to be valuable to people, and if they're valuable, then people choose to use them. Are you aware of other social media companies that do hire such consultants? Not sitting here today. Lehapatia, a former Facebook executive once in charge of user growth, now says he has tremendous guilt about the social network he helped build. We have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. And it's influencing the next generation. Studies show 92% of teens go online daily, and one in five young people regularly wake up in the night to send or check messages on social media. People need to hard break from some of these tools and the things that you rely on. 
the short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. Bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people hmm. to do anything you want. Wow. Okay, so he specifically, and he was he's a former Facebook executive. Uh, apparently he did talk about dopamine feedback loops. Yeah, but Zuckerberg, he's just the head of Facebook. He's not going to know what the CEO yeah. is talking about. And even if they are talking about, you know, we need we need to create dopamine feedback loops so that people enjoy our product so much that they're addicted to it. And what are you going to do about that? Right. Well, so stand they're, by. they're planning to get people to use their product. Isn't that what a business does? And I don't think the guy's got anything to be guilty about. Unless they're doing something illegal to create a dopamine feedback loop. <laughs> it's, it's our fault. This is like that stupid group, that college group. Was it California? says, oh, the iPhone is too addictive. It's like we right. want things that we love and enjoy and frankly are addicted to, but we just don't want to see the sausage being made on how you're getting us addicted. And, it, you know, it, they can't help the way our bodies work. The dopamine is released when good things happen to us or when we're excited about something. So, of course, companies are going to try to take advantage of that. You know what? Uh, fast food companies are working on flavor to appeal to your taste buds. Hmm? How wrong is that? Wait, why doesn't it just and all taste the same? And they're actually asking, how can we get them to, to eat more hamburgers? No. How can we get them to drink more milkshakes? What if we make the product uh, a little bit better than it used to be? Um do you think Chick-fil-A didn't say, hey, McDonald's doesn't even use milk in their <laughs> milkshakes? <laughs> Let's do that. Was that an evil plan to get people addicted to a Chick-fil-A milkshake? Clearly. I mean, this is ridiculous. So ridiculous. Hello! Personal responsibility. That's all it is. Self-control. Thank you. There's a couple of things that we need to do with ourselves in order to break the dopamine feedback loop. It's so stupid. You're just listening to that guy too much. What's his name? The dopamine fiend. <laughs> we've we've had oh. him had him in the building. Uh, I mean, I like him, but he's yeah. super liberal, and you know he he probably would be very opposed to Facebook's dopamine feedback loop. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, the government should control all of that. The government should put a representative in the boardroom of every business or in the marketing room of every business in America to find out if they're doing anything nefarious in there. Are you trying to create a dopamine feedback loop? Because if so, uh, we're going to have to shut you down. Mm -hmm. We can't allow a dopamine feedback loop. No. We can, we can allow people to feel good, but not through a dopamine feedback loop. This <laughs> insane how did we get here yeah, that that by the way is a band name waiting to happen dfl yeah i like it okay did you find the guy what's his name you didn't find the guy um i've been working on it okay simon sinek simon sinek yeah cool yeah but yeah i mean i'm sorry that's just that's how the brain works and yes and that's how capitalism works you find a way to capitalize on human behavior and you win and now, but we're in yeah. a society now where you get punished for that, I guess, or called in front of Congress and being begged to be regulated. Um, these same liberals who are all excited about the dopamine feedback loop, 
loved the plan of Barack Obama and his team hmm. when they got together with psychologists to figure out how best to appeal to the American people. Yep, that's right. What is it they're most afraid of? What is it they most connect with? What kind of verbiage should we use? What words do we actually say to get the American people on our side? Isn't that worse than what uh, feed, what what this dopamine feedback loop is from Facebook? I think that's worse trying to get you to uh, somehow psychologically psych you into voting for the president of the United States. But that's not even illegal. Of course, they're trying to do all that stuff. Right. And so when data was used to get their guy in office, mm-hmm. they just they were fine. Democrats and liberals, everybody's good, you know. Yep. But then a Republican used that through Facebook to get their guy elected. Well, now that's bad. Well, now we got to regulate this stuff. Come well, on. Well, yeah. Come on. We can't have it anymore. Senator uh, Dan Sullivan, uh, who's a Republican from Alaska, told Zuckerberg th- that he's built uh, quite a behemoth that could not have been done in China. Well, yeah, it's probably a good point. Here's that exchange. Mr. Zuckerberg, quite a story, right? Dorm room to the global behemoth that you guys are only in america would you agree with that senator mostly in america you couldn't couldn't do this in china right or what you did 10 years well senator there are there are some very strong chinese internet companies right but you're supposed to answer yes to this question (laughs) (laughs) okay come on i'm trying to help you right i mean give me a break you're in front of a bunch of the answer is yes okay so thank you Dan Sullivan trying to help the guy by saying it's because of the freedom America provides that his platform has become this gigantic worldwide global company. There's some big internet companies in China, Senator. Uh, This guy just won't let anybody help him. He's (laughs) so liberal. He doesn't even know when somebody's throwing him a lifeline. Here, Mark, grab onto that. I'm going to pull you in. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> let me let me just stay out here and drown, Senator, but thanks anyway, but no thanks. Good golly. Uh wow. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> you know, and, and the fact is, it, it's not as all American a story as we'd like, because the very beginnings of Facebook are in question at least. Because those two Winklevoss twins actually created this. And uh, he happened to be the roommate of one of them. Saw their, saw their uh, format. Liked their format. And basically took it from them. Now credit goes to him for being able to market it. You know, a lot of people come up with products. And they don't know how to use them. That was Bill Gates' genius. Xerox developed a lot of things that he stole. And so did IBM, and he took them from them because he knew what to do with them. They, did, they developed the mouse and had no idea what to do with it. Bill Gates' genius was he saw the mouse and he realized, oh my gosh, that's going to revolutionize uh, computers. It's going to revolutionize things. It makes it so much easier. It's kind of what Zuckerberg did. They've got a lot in common, those two. 888 uh, Let me tell you about Field of Greens. From Brickhouse Nutrition. It's, uh, this is an amazing product because they've taken real organic fruits and vegetables. And they put it into a powdered form. And so you scoop it out 
and you uh, put a scoop into, say, eight ounces of water. And we just tried it with water today. Yeah, yeah. I, I it tastes it very great. Good. Yeah, because you, you had been used to putting it in with a smoothie. Right. And I was like, I want to try that with water. So I knew it sweetened the smoothie a little bit, but I didn't realize that you don't even need the smoothie. You could just do it in water and it Literally, still tastes good. It was like drinking Kool-Aid. I loved it. I mean, the stuff so has good. spinach in it and kale and all the stuff I absolutely hate. I don't know how they did this, but <laughs> it's like a miracle product. Sweet. It's very good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and it tastes more fruity than vegetable-y, right. which is a, a big, big plus for me. Every scoop is a full serving of not just fruits and vegetables, but organic fruits and vegetables. It's also pre and probiotic. It boosts your immunity. It has antioxidant power. And again, it's real food. It's not extracted from anything. So take a scoop, put it into water or your favorite shake or smoothie. It's easy and it does taste great. You are going to love this stuff. It just gives you more energy. You feel better with all those vitamins and minerals flowing through your system. It, it also uh, protects you from scurvy. Oh, that's... It's the year 2018. Yeah, who knew? And I don't want you to get scurvy. No, you don't want scurvy. You imagine the embarrassment if you're the only person on your block with scurvy? Think about this. Think about you're at the doctor's office and you're filling mm-hmm. out all those little symptoms that you had over the yeah. years, you know, and I just draw a line. Nope, nope. nope. Oh, no, the scurvy one. Scurvy, yeah, I have that. I have that because I don't get fruits and vegetables in my diet. <laughs> <laughs> Go to BrickHousePat.com. <laughs> Try Field of Greens today. Get 10% off a month's supply with the offer code PAT and avoid scurvy mm-hmm. brickhousepat.com that's brickhousepat.com you're listening to pat gray unleashed follow pat on twitter at pat unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag tell pat the blaze radio network Here on the Blaze Radio Network. While Mark Zuckerberg was testifying before uh, the Senate committee yesterday, his wealth increased by $2.6 billion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> While he testified, he, he gained an extra $2,600,000,000 for himself. So that, that is unbelievable. It's like an extra billion going into his bank account for every blink he had yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. Yes. The guy's 33 years old. How sweet would that be? <laughs> oh. If I were him, I'd, I would have sold this company some time ago. And just move on. <laughs> Let somebody else worry about the hassle of the, of the stinking government takeover of Facebook. Plus, worry about the aging situation in your platform and that you can't keep it hip forever. Hmm. The kids aren't going to love it forever. And in fact, that's already that's already changing for them. But they also own Instagram. Why do you own Instagram? Because <laughs> maybe I saw that that was a hip for them too and I, I wanted to make money from it. I don't know. Why do you keep running for re-election, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why do you want so much power? What should you tell your constituents? Tell them you're a douche and they should vote for somebody else. Try that. That's what you tell your your constituents. Oh, boy. 888-900-3393 and at Pat Unleashed, uh, where Struggling Lumby says, 
That's an excellent question, Senator. It really punches above its weight. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Huckleberry John, progressives really seem to enjoy repeating their rhetoric. Reminded me of Obama and in certain country here. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Punches above their weight. Yep. And insert country here is one of our strongest allies. <laughs> it, it is reminiscent of that, totally. as people are noticing. Uh, Justin Souls, mm-hmm. people agree to the Facebook user agreement just as our senators pass legislation without reading it. What a, what a brilliant point, Justin. Thank you. 2,000-page bills that they never read. Well, I mean, you got to have two lawyers in two days. I get a kick out of these people who say... Read the bill. Why would I read the bill when it takes three days and a team of lawyers? Thank you, John Conyers. Yep. Mm. Has he actually left Congress yet? I, I think kn- so, right? Let's I, see. I, I'm not sure if he's actually out. He was going to quit. And maybe he already has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he retired. Uh, yeah, he retired on December 5th. So he's walking around his home office nude now <laughs> instead of at the Capitol. Right. Uh, okay, so... I love these members that get up and say, read the bill. Read the bill. What good is reading the bill if it's a thousand pages and and you don't have uh, two days and two lawyers to find out what it means after you read the bill? What what good is reading the user agreement if it takes a really long time to read it? (laughs) I can't. I mean, banana... Republic. Uh-huh. Uh, as I said on the news and why it matters last night, we're already a plantain republic. Mm. We're on the way to banana very shortly. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, Steve says, Senator Kennedy and, and Facebook should let Congress rewrite their user agreement. Sure. Like Congress can write anything that doesn't need oh, two days and two lawyers to find out what it means <laughs> after you read it. <laughs> Everybody's on the same wavelength yes, there. Yes, yes. It's amazing. Nice. That is amazing. Uh, you have the best listeners and mm-hmm. viewers in the world. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Do you know that Zuckerberg only owns sixteen percent of the company's stock? I saw that. That's fascinating. Sixteen percent? Really? That how? What was his peak um, ownage? A hundred? I mean, seriously, I, I don't know. I don't know either. But it had to be pretty high, I would think. I'm looking that up. So he must have cashed in. Yeah, I think he has. I, I think I've quite heard a bit. Over the years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame him for that, but. You know, it's amazing how many people lose possession of their product. Uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't know that Bill Gates has the majority stock anymore in Microsoft. I don't think he does. Certainly Zuckerberg doesn't have the majority stock in Facebook. Yeah, I, I, I see a story from uh, 2013 where he owned 29.3%. Okay, yeah, so he's been, been selling off. Yeah. So that's his deal. So whatever, you're cashing in. Which, I don't blame you. Again, I'd do that, too. Then there's people, though, like the Beatles, who lost control of their catalog. How did that even happen? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess when you're young and you just want to make records and it sounds like a lot of money to you, hey, we'll give you a thousand bucks if uh, you give us control of your music catalog. Wow, really? A thousand dollars? Okay. <sighs> then later, it seems, you know, like you made a massive mistake. I think that's how it happens. I, I don't know, but... Uh, for Paul McCartney not to own his own music, it's criminal. It's criminal. And it's, it, that's apparently the case with a, uh, a lot of musicians. No, but wait, wait, Michael Jackson owned it, right? 
Yeah, he bought it in the uh, early 80s. So what happened when he died? Did, did, did Bubbles get it? Or like, who, uh, who when he it died, it somehow went up for sale again, I think. I think the, the family sold it, and McCartney bought it. McCartney owns his own music Oh, now. okay, okay. Yeah, he finally got it back. I'm pretty sure he got the majority, if not all of it, back, and he's in control of it again. But for years, you know, during the prime years when he could have been making billions of dollars off of that catalog, he wasn't in control of it. That had to hurt every oh time he heard a Beatles song. That's I bet what, he thought of that. Yeah, and it it uh, really hurt him that Michael Jackson bought it. They were friends for a while, and then not after he bought it. That kind of ended. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray unleashed on the way. Pat Gray unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Creating a dopamine feedback loop for you today. There we go. Just so you feel good every time you listen to this show. You're not allowed to make that happen, dude. Yeah. Uh, no. No? No, because we'll regulate you if you make this show interesting or I fun mean, or not, anything like I that. I mean, not creating a dopamine feedback loop. Okay, better. We're trying to make this as miserable an experience for you as possible. And coming up in about 20 minutes from now, <laughs> join us. We're going to do it when Jeffy gets here to chew the fat. Oh, I wasn't even referring so, to that, but I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Senator, in uh, in our marketing meetings, we talk about how to make our product as, as uh, little desirable as yeah. possible. Yeah. We want to make it the least desirable platform on the entire internet. What we're trying to do, Senator, is drive people away from Facebook. Uh, that's what we'd like to do. <laughs> what we're trying to do is create more hate speech. That's uh-huh. what we're encouraging right now. Is uh, In fact, w- our goal eventually yeah. is all hate speech. If anybody says <laughs> anything nice, we're going to delete it from the platform before it even is posted. Yeah, and oftentimes it feels that way, actually. <laughs> mm, it does. <laughs> it does. Uh, then we're going to encourage a lot of drug abuse and uh, sexual assault on our on our platform. Oh. Is that all right? I mean, it's a dopamine feedback loop. Are, are you trying to create uh, a pleasant experience yeah. for people? Are you trying to no, create no, a product Senator. people want to go back to? No. And, huh, uh, I don't I want mean, that to happen. What do you think this is, America? What do you think? I want to be a billionaire or something? <laughs> a matter of fact, as we've been talking here, I just made another two point six billion dollars. Uh, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> oh, good times. Okay, all righty. I mean, the conversations we're having in this country, I just are blowing my mind. It's I asinine. It. I mean, we we've just become. It's a clown country almost now. If you listen to the conversation, if you're a space alien. And you've got the technology and the intelligence to get here, and now you're monitoring the things that are being said. Uh, you don't think there's intelligent life on this planet. Yeah, you're like, you know, you we don't. were wrong. Let's turn around yeah. and head back. Yep. 
They're not even worth destroying these people. <laughs> not we're a go- threat. We're going home. <laughs> <laughs> Determined and not a threat on Earth. We're out. It's not worth the energy that we'd expend just blowing up the whole freaking planet. <laughs> so we're going to go back. We're going to go back home now. Yep, we're good. Uh, Patty in Colorado. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hi there. Hey. Um, I was calling because of the fact that you were talking about um, with Facebook and stuff, if you don't like Facebook, go ahead and create another one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, a company out there, an app out there called Gab that is better than Twitter. It's along the same format, only it's not censored here. However, what has happened is that Apple, Google, and Twitter band together to say it was alt-right, which it's not, and so they got it banned from the Play Store and from the App Store so that you can't get it unless you download it from the, from the um, Internet here. So in, henceforth, they are crushing the competition of anybody who dares to take over their realm. Are you the founder of Gab? No, I'm no. not. Okay. But you can look it up here, and it's something right. that um, they so literally they have. Well, we do have laws against people colluding um, together in order to keep somebody out of the marketplace. There, there are laws against that that already exist. So, you know, if, right. and if that's is, happening, it shouldn't suing be. Them. He is suing them. Okay. But the point is, is that he, he, his, his platform was becoming more popular than, than Twitter. And that's why they labeled it alt right. Basically, it was something that wasn't, that wasn't censored. I've, and ne- yes, I've never heard what, of that platform. It's becoming, it was becoming more popular than Twitter? Uh, in the beginning, yes. Huh. It was becoming more popular because of the fact that it wasn't, it wasn't censored. So mm-hmm. conservatives were going over there because of it. And yes, occasionally you do see the the occasional alt right thing. Just like on Twitter, you see the annoying um, left, you know, leftist, progressive leftist crap. Mm-hmm. Excuse the expression, but um, it's no different than that here. Mm-hmm. And but it's just not um, not censored. I yeah. got a, I got a quick question for you because I know absolutely nothing about Gab and only just from your phone call. Um, so I'm just, I, I, I Googled it. I used one of their competitors, I guess, if you will. Uh, and their logo is the face of a, like a cartoon frog. Now, you know, this, uh, Pepe the frog thing is like the symbol of the alt-right. It's, uh, so, I mean, are they, and if they are built to cater to the alt-right, who mm. cares? I mean, it's a free country. Yeah. They set can up your do country that. to uh, set up your company to do whatever the heck you want them to be. Um, but, uh, that is... <laughs> But if it's not outright, they're using the wrong symbol. Yeah, I mean, is it a coincidence of their logo there or what? If he, if you read on it, he chose the frog, and if you notice, it's not Peppy the frog here yeah. that he has on there, but it's something that the frog, and it has a biblical reference to it here. Hmm. Oh, it's a plague? If, um, <laughs> so, uh, no, it. I forget exactly what it is here. Okay. Right, um, I cool. read it a long time ago here. But if you read up here, as far as on the the uh, maker or the developer of of Gab here, um, he puts in there as far as it was a biblical reference, and that's why he chose the frog. Okay, and it was, mm. and he actually started developing it a long time before Peppy the Frog came out. Huh. Mm. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Patty. I 
I don't know anything about yeah. Gab. Yeah, it started in August of 2016. Uh, that's right in the heat of the uh, 2016 oh. election. Pepe the Frog's been around well, that's, longer than that. Yeah, that's certainly not before that. Uh, and it certainly wasn't bigger or getting as big as Twitter in 2016. Cause Which, yeah, because, I mean, you're not... You're Twitter's no, got hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah. of, of subscribers. Yeah, and you're, you're Mr. Twitter, but you're not Mr. Gab. Mm, no, I, especially since I'd never heard of it till her phone right. call. Mm-hmm. But... What's the biblical reference to the frog? Oh, <laughs> you seriously want to? Okay. I'd like to know. Yeah, That's a pretty obscure uh, reference. Leviticus, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. I mean, here's, here's the only reference to frogs that I know. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. That's, you know, that's my, that's been my position for a long time. Because stop putting chemicals in the water yeah. that are turning the friggin' frogs gay. And there's nothing wrong with the friggin' frogs that are turning gay. It's just that no, you don't want just it that, altered unnaturally there. Right. Check you don't want out. them turning against their will. If, so, they're, if they're into that, yeah. if that's their thing, I, yeah. who am I, you know, I mean, to, to disparage the gay frogs? Swim I, whichever way you want to exactly. in the swamp. You know, Upstream, downstream. We don't care. With whomever you want. Mm-hmm. But just don't put chemicals in the water to make that happen. That's that's my only deal. Um, by the way, the uh, the creator uh, Torba he says um, the frog <clears throat> to us serves as a metaphor. It's releasing the frogs on Silicon Valley to expose their corruption, their censorship, and the information monopoly that they have on the web. So it is it is a plague reference. Oh, okay, uh, probably a poor one given <laughs> the symbol of the alt right. Yeah, you know, you might might choose something else. Because if that's what they're saying about you, well, you're playing right into their hands. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, mm-hmm. if you want to combat that, maybe you don't right. choose the frog, and maybe maybe you choose a different plague as your logo, like you know, water turning into blood. Yeah, maybe, right. Okay, or, uh, sure. A fly. Just, yeah, and so, yeah, right, right. You got the, you got the fiery hail. That could have been grasshoppers. A cool logo. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I, there's a lot of different plagues. Dead cows you could use. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. options. So. Triple, it sounds like it almost seems like you wanted to be <laughs> compared to that or associated with that. Yeah, when you use, when you know about the yeah. Peppy the Frog thing mm-hmm. and then you use a frog, mm-hmm. I mean, you could do boils, right? Boils you on your boils. skin. Mm-hmm. You do. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the most attractive symbol, but. Uh, but it'd okay. be a memorable logo. Yeah, I'll tell would. you that. Yes, it would. Lice. All right. Something like that, right? We could mm-hmm. do uh, thunderstorms <laughs> of hail and fire. I think we're getting redundant now. I think so. <laughs> Death of the firstborn. Oh, you don't want that one. No. In a tweet this morning, uh, President Trump warned Russia that missiles, quote, will be coming, unquote, to Syria. I, I What is his deal? I, I don't know. I really. I mean, seriously, dude. Russia vows to shoot down any and all missiles fired at Syria. Get ready, Russia, because they will be coming nice and new and smart. You shouldn't be partners with a gas-killing animal who kills his people and enjoys it. Um, I thought that it was a thing with him not to warn your enemy when you're going to attack it. Uh, in the past, President Trump has tweeted about how stupid that is. Here's a tweet from a while ago. Uh, 829. So August 29th, uh, 2013. Why do we keep broadcasting when we're going to attack Syria? Why can't we just be quiet and, if we attack at all, catch them by surprise? Wow, we got to make that man president. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Then he wrote, uh, for all those fools that want to attack uh, Syria, the U.S. has lost the vital element of surprise. (laughs) So stupid. Could be a disaster. (laughs) And now, he says, Russia vows to shoot down any and all missiles fired at Syria. Get ready, Russia, because they will be coming nice and new and smart. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. How do you do this? Wait How a do, second. When you know you've tweeted about this in the past, why would you do this? We were here on this show Monday, and he said it's coming in 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. We're, at, we're hitting that 48-hour mark. So uh, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it real sh- real soon. Unless he's tried to trick him with the timeline. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah maybe they'll be surprised. Okay. Take a little bit longer. Tricky. I don't... Man. I mean, it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's not that hard to be consistent with, uh, with the things that you believe, is it? But it seems like the things he believes change all the time. No, no, no. He is consistent on tweeting incoherencies before the sun rises that he is consistent on yes he could really uh help himself a lot and, if he and would stop doing that. right and and there is uh they, they were showing that somebody was tweeting out a picture of the parking lot of the pentagon last night which i don't know look it's a free country so please do it but then i got to think it all right probably not the best thing to show an empty parking lot to say oh it doesn't look like anything's happening tonight since the pentagon parking lot is empty um mm. So if, it's, if they're going to do it and, and follow that 48-hour timeline, it's happening very soon here. Mm. Strange. Whatever. 888-900-3393. Uh, let me tell you about this great new sponsor we have to the show, uh, Balm Shot Lip Balm. Mm-hmm. Wayne was here just last week, I think. He's the founder of Balm Shot Lip Balm. He developed cancer from a bunch of sunburns on his lips, and so... Uh, it was so bad that he actually had to have his bottom lip removed and replaced. So you can't even tell now. So it's it's turned out well, but the lip balm that he was using did not help. He got so frustrated with the stuff because it was an inferior product to begin with, and then the tubes were cheap garbage. The product subpar, and he he would, at the end of the day, from carrying it around in his pocket, find a gooey mess in there all the time. So he finally got so frustrated... He took it into his own hands, and he thought, what, what can I do that will, can I put this in that will be a better product? So he came up with this. Really cool looking. Uh, looks like a shell, shotgun shell. And, uh, and there's great lip balm inside. Did this in uh, 2010 just for himself. And as often happens uh, when you have a great spouse, his wife said, hey, Wayne, you know, you might want to think about selling that. Rest is history. Fast forward to now. Balm Shot is in over 3,000 stores nationwide, and his product is 100% American-made. Right now, there's a special offer, too, for you, the Blaze listeners only. Just go to balmshot.com. Use the promo code PAT. Uh, B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T.com. Balmshot.com. Buy the six-pack of Balm Shot. There are six different varieties there, and receive an extra tube for free. So you buy six, you actually get seven, and they throw in free shipping. Just awesome. Plus, yeah. people are going to ask you about this really cool container all the time. Yeah, and don't be putting that in your pocket. That's mine. Thank no, you. Right. Balmshot.com, promo code PAT, B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T.com, Balmshot.com.
BlazeRadio.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. <clears throat> Is uh, someone saying that I shouldn't say Bill Gates stole from Xerox? Yeah, call her. Uh... They're, they're claiming Steve Jobs did? Yeah. Actually, they both did. Oh. Um, and Bill Gates has sort of admitted that. Uh, he was asked on a Reddit forum once. You know, and there's, there's a lot of documentation on this. There's a lot of articles about it. There's a lot of books about it that... You know, he didn't really invent much of anything, um, but he knew how to apply things. And he went on a Reddit forum and they were they were accusing him of copying Steve Jobs. And he said the main copying that went on relative to Steve and me is that we both benefited from the work that Xerox did in creating graphical interface. Wow. It wasn't just them. But they did the best work. Uh, we we learned from them. <laughs> did he put that in quotes? <laughs> or did you? I did. <laughs> I, quotations uh, added by Pat Gray. <laughs> we learned from them. Uh-huh. Wink, wink. Okay. I'm glad you did. That's great. Xerox had a lot of stuff they developed. And they didn't know what to do with it. It's just really weird. Uh, I don't. Xerox could be the biggest company in the yeah, world. Yeah, and they were could have been big. Yeah, they were big, and they were you know just copiers. But then they got into the computer realm, and they were they were groundbreakers. <laughs> Same with IBM, both of them, and they didn't know exactly how to apply it. And along came these guys, the corporate raiders. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety one of the things that came out of that hearing a little bit yesterday, uh, Ted Cruz touched on it, is the Diamond and Silk Facebook page. It's just been deemed dangerous to society or to the Facebook community, or I, I don't know hmm. who it's dangerous to or how it's dangerous to anyone. But these are the two uh, black women who love Donald Trump. And they talk about him all the time on their forum. I don't watch it a lot. Have you ever seen much of Diamond and Silk? No, just a couple of clips here and there. And apparently they they have somewhere around the neighborhood of 1.2 million uh, followers. Wow. But it was deemed unsafe to the community. And I don't know anything about the justification of that. I don't either. Other than must be racism. <clears throat> Thank you for saying it. I mean, that's Dave. all I can think. I mean, that's it's literally obvious. all it could possibly be. Yes. Racism. They're two black women and uh, they're being held down. It's exactly what they should be saying because that's what the left does. And it's just maybe it's just time to play that game. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've tried to avoid it for all these years. Maybe it's just time to play their game. They say, finally, after several emails, chats, phone calls, appeals, beating around the bush, lies, and giving us the runaround... Facebook gave us another bogus reason why millions of people who have liked and or followed our page no longer receive notification and why our page, post, and video reach was reduced by a very large percentage. 
again, you know, Facebook has the ability to do that because they are, uh, it's their, it's their deal. It's their forum. But I hate that they do that. Here's the reply from Facebook. The policy team has come to the conclusion that your content and your brand has been determined unsafe to the community. Now, they, they say that Facebook has never told them what's, up, what's unsafe about it. Why, why is it unsafe? It's unsafe to whom? They say it's deliberate bias, censorship, and discrimination. These tactics are unacceptable, and we want answers. They didn't even go down the racist route. Mm. Why? Because they're apparently conservative, and conservatives don't do that. But again, maybe it's time. Diamond and Silk shot to fame after uh, Drudge linked to several several of their videos, and they made appearances with then-candidate Trump on the campaign trail. That had to be fun. <laughs> One of the big moments came when they tore into Republican debate moderator Megyn Kelly in 2015. Uh, they, Lynette Hardaway and Rochelle Richardson produced Megyn Kelly and that damn debate. Uh, what it was called, The Viewer's View. And it's changed since then. Um, there's an update here. Ron's <laughs> telling me that uh, today uh, Zuckerberg said that... Um, there was an enforcement error on the Diamond and Silk. Yeah, and uh, they There's contacted an Diamond and error, Silk, they're and they fixed fix, it. They're gonna fix it. It's fixed. Uh, something good will come out of this. <laughs> an enforcement error. That's like a oh, that, that, you know what that hmm. that is a wardrobe malfunction. Uh-huh. That's yeah, I did it on purpose, but we're gonna say I didn't. Enforcement <laughs> error that feels like. That's great. Enforcement error. Because they've kind of made a business out of this, I think. I, you know, I, th- I think they, they make some money from this now. And with all those followers, they should. It's, it's hard to compile a million people online. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really great. Yeah, I know that my uh, Twitter account is right around a million Strong, personally. Is it? At the Blaze Keith, yeah. I mean, by right around a million, I'm, what is the exact number? It's right number? around. I don't know. I'm you don't just, know? I went to public school. My math skills not so good. You kind of round up. Yeah, round probably, up from or about, down or down to a million. Round up to know. you know from twenty five. I haven't checked in a while. It's around a million <laughs> at the Blaze Keith on Twitter. Uh, all right. Also, kind of some big news, I guess. Uh, Paul Ryan's not going to run for re-election. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan said this morning that he's not going to run for re-election this November. Uh, House Republicans are already in a tough spot for midterms. Many of their members endangered, and there's a good chance the Democrats could win back the majority. Uh, This is a titanic tectonic shift. It's going to make every Republican donor believe the House can't be held, according to Mitch McConnell. Uh, He says he's tired of being a weekend dad. I don't blame him for that. Yeah, we've got got a... uh, That's a legitimate... That's a legitimate reason. Clip of that. Oh, let's play that. Let's, here's Paul Ryan. My kids weren't even born when I was first elected. Our oldest was 13 years old when I became speaker. Uh, now all three of our kids are teenagers. And one thing I've learned about teenagers is um, their idea of an ideal weekend is not necessarily to spend all of their time with their parents. <laughs> uh, what I realize is mm-hmm. if I am here for one more term, my kids will only have ever known me as a weekend dad. Wow. 
That's pretty strong. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. That and I don't want to be the House Minority Leader either. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, the cynical uh, approach. That's great. Thank you for that. Well, Keith, I was just going to accept him at his word. He just wants to spend more time with his kids. He's a politician. You do that. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Good for him yeah. to get home and, and uh, hang out with his children more. Especially when you have, like he said, teenagers. It's really important. Uh, also, this is kind of exciting because there's a school district uh, in the wake of, obviously, the Parkland shooting and massacre. The Mill Creek School District is arming their 500 teachers with baseball bats. Oh, you had yeah. me at arming their teachers, Pat. Yeah, they're arming their teachers with baseball bats. So if so Nolan the, Ryan ever attacks yeah. the school, uh, they're going to be ready. They, if they, he starts throwing fastballs at him, yeah. then they'll hit him right back at You're it. You're talking about like really big like bum bats, right? No, they're 16-inch bats distributed to each teacher. So... Even if Nolan Ryan attacks yeah. with his fastball and slider, uh, they're going to have a hard time hitting it back at him because 16-inch bats ain't going to do it. The trajectory of the story <laughs> is just... It's kind of gone downhill from where it started. Down, man. Yeah. Uh, they say we passed them out with the goal being we wanted every room to have one of these. Unfortunately, we're in a day and age where one might need to use them to protect ourselves and our kids. Hmm. They could also take them out on the playground, I guess, and use them to hit balls with. Or again, if Nolan Ryan ever attacks the school system. Well, wait a minute. What if you have a bucket of river rocks, river stone, right, and a mini bat that you would get at a baseball game giveaway? It'd be awesome. Too. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here. All right, time for uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Uh, 888-933-93 is never to call to get in touch with us. Or at Pat Unleashed. And uh, Was there something that you wanted to well, yeah, get we got to? Some, yeah, we'll get to it. We got a couple of uh, tweets before you get to your, oh, okay. Good, your important yeah. stories. These are all about the dopamine feedback loop that Facebook from, is Yeah, from of. Nick in Detroit, Senator Sass, are you aware of consulting firms hired by companies to increase dopamine <laughs> feedback loops to keep people consuming your products? Hershey's CEO. Um, no, we just make great chocolate and people like it and eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, uh, Pat manipulated my dopamine levels by saying the word milkshake. There needs to be a hearing, but, uh, let me head to steak and shake first. (laughs) Thank you. We've had a problem here in the DFW with steak and shakes closing down. I don't know what's going on. There's been a couple of closed down in the There's some kind of communist plot. There's still one in this neck of the woods, though. I love them. Yeah. They're really good. And they have the Cincinnati chili, which is delicious. Yes. And from Jeffy is Fat, uh, pretty sure Jeffy, pretty sure Jeffy websites 
uh, lead to a dopamine feedback loop. Yes, they do. <laughs> that's true, right? Yes, they do. 100%. Thank you. you can... Well, that's why, you know, for real, it's why porn is so addictive. Right. Right? Because it releases something in your brain. Yes. Yeah, I now, don't know if it's dopamine or something else, but it's... Uh, well, it depends on what you're, <clears throat> what you're doing with the porn. Is it? Then, Does it? Then that depends <clears throat> on what you release. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> All right. So I mean, look. No, we can talk about these stupid stories. No, let's. No, 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 no. no. Okay, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can talk about the stories I have in my hand, or we could just continue to talk about Mark freaking Zuckerberg. Is that ridiculous, man? I am so. I'm angry on his behalf. I am too, and I don't understand. I mean, I do. I do understand why he's not because he's a liberal moron. Yes, that's why. But it's just absolutely agonizing it is it's agonizing as much as i loved the ted cruz uh going after him Mm -hmm. and now they're saying it was a it was what an enforcement error yeah was it Uh uh-huh was it of course not everybody knows it wasn't okay but what he's done here with his willingness in and telling these senators what great questions are asking him and how important they are uh, you've just opened yourself up to all kinds of regulation. It's Absolutely. coming, my friend, and you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to control what right legislation is going to be, and what the wrong regulation is going to be. It's all going to be bad. It's all going to be bad. But the flip side of that is, and I just happened to think about this, is that maybe he goes in there thinking that we do. He deals with this regulation, and then nobody else will be able to compete with them. Right? He's got Maybe. nobody else can do that, so it's all his. Thing. Oh, it's like slamming the door behind you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I it just it just seems. Look, he he said right when, well, about competition. It doesn't feel like it to him that he's a, a monopoly, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's not. He's not. That's a dumb. We word made anyway. the choice yeah. to go to Facebook. Yeah. We made the choice to use your product. Well, Facebook didn't. And start what they're this. pissed about. Right. MySpace. And what they're pissed about is this uh, the analytics, which, by the way, wasn't Facebook's fault, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he should have said that. Why? I mean, are we, do we need to, I mean, why aren't they saying that? Why aren't they sticking, have a you spine? You focus on Cambridge Analytics, if that's your issue. And say, look, we had a deal, mm-hmm. and they broke the deal. Right. We're working to resolve that. Anything else, Senator? <laughs> <laughs> He's not like I mean, that, though. That's not his, that's not his mindset. He's too he's too progressive for that. He he won't he won't stand up for himself. And so he's going to create a huge problem for all online forums. I mean as now. much and I love and I love the Ted Cruz going after him, but it still holds true. I, I don't this whole thing is just a, th- an inquisition that doesn't need to happen. Cruz actually tied in something meaningful though. Yeah, he did. Uh with the regulation of immunity. Uh there is a there is a regulation whereby they can't be prosecuted for things that happen on their forum if they're if they're uh, uh, non-biased, mm-hmm. if they're neutral, then they get an immunity. If they have a lean, then they can be. Yeah, because like, if so the that's lean can be proven, after, if the lean is, can be proven, yep. then you're going to then you're going to have to face the right. face the fire. Then you can be they, prosecuted. Right. And uh, I don't think that they can, you know, unless unless uh, there's um more um, enforcement oversights mm-hmm. that uh, have happened, mm-hmm. which I'm sure there isn't. Oh, I, I bet mean, not. No, I'll bet I, not. I mean, that'd be silly to think that there would be other mm-hmm. enforcement errors mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. Then, uh, I mean, it'd be pretty easy to prove. 
Yeah. They're pretty easy to prove. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I, I don't understand why Facebook doesn't have the spine for this. They're Facebook. I know. I really don't understand it. I mean, I think it's pretty legitimate if he just says, look, there's one point, there's 2.1 billion users on on our website. I, I, we can't account for every single one of them. And by the way, uh, you uh, don't, don't have anything to do with any of uh, 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 plenty of billions on that Facebook platform. Right. I don't know how many right. people use it here in America. I don't know. I don't know their. I don't know their analytics or their numbers. But it ain't two point one billion. No, no, it's probably you know three hundred million. Let's say maybe, maybe, maybe it wouldn't be that high, but it'd be right, pretty okay. dang high. Yeah, it'd be probably two thirds of the country is yeah. on Facebook. I'll bet. Way one way or another, sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. And look, why does he have to answer for? Uh, uh, yeah, the company. Um, I said it was okay, and then when I go and look up a pair of shoes, they can put a shoe ad the next time I open up Facebook. Okay. I'm okay with that. I don't want to use their product. What we care about, mm-hmm. what is really upsetting, and this is where they get into trouble, is is that leaning, and they believe they know best right. for us, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. they, and they've decided that even though I want, I say I want to see something from someone, they've decided that, you know what, we've decided that you don't really want to see this from this particular item from that someone. So we're not going to let you see it. No, that's not what I, I, I want to see whatever they, whatever they put. Mm-hmm. That's, I want to see it. I don't want you to decide that for me. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the Facebook problem. Yeah. Twitter's right there with them. I know. Trying to do the same thing. It's agonizing. It is. It's absolutely agonizing. By the way, I was pretty close by saying two thirds. It's two hundred and fourteen million. Okay, which is almost exactly two thirds. Uh, so two hundred fourteen million. I was a couple million off. What other product has two hundred and fourteen million users in the United States of America? Light bulbs, radio. <laughs> yeah, probably radio. Yeah, radio television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. What else we got? All right. <clears throat> all right uh, Donald Trump. This I love. Uh, I love these little uh, these little picks that uh, break out. Uh, Donald Trump being uh, being the kind of guy that we know he is. Mm-hmm. You know the the little nitpicker that he's got to be the best. His stuff mm-hmm. has got to be bigger. Mm-hmm. So they have a picture of Donald at this luncheon, getting ready for this luncheon with all his cabinet and these people visiting. And you see in the picture, and you'll see on Blaze Television if you're watching, uh, Trump has the biggest salt and pepper shakers in front of him. Everybody else along the table, if you back that picture out, uh, everybody else along the table has the really little salt and pepper shakers in front of them. They're all nice in front of them. And Trump has the big ones, the real big ones in front of them. It's hilarious. And you can see the guy sitting down the road. You can almost look at him like, why has he got the big salt and pepper shakers? He's looking right at him. He's like, what the heck? And uh, he's got the bigger chair. If you look at that whole that whole pick. Of all everybody else, his chair is just oh, yeah. a little bit higher yep. than everybody else's around the table, mm-hmm. and it's so great. The only thing I'm surprised of is that he actually has the same size glass of water. Aww. Yeah, look, see the real little little baby little salt and pepper, salt and pepper shakers. shakers. <laughs> and you know that's so on purpose. Good. You know oh, all of that's on purpose. You know absolutely, mm-hmm. there is no doubt in my mind because we've heard reports of. Him getting that extra scoop of ice cream or extra couple scoops of ice cream before when they deliver ice cream for dessert at these kind of events, mm-hmm. he always gets the but, second or third scoop in the bowl. But now at this point, do you think so his good. minions are just doing that because they know he will love it? Or do you think he's saying, I want the biggest 
Yes, so, I think he, I think, yeah. he says, I, yeah. I think it's both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's at the point where uh, mm-hmm. if if he sits down or walks into a room and that's not the case, mm-hmm. then they he hear says something. Then mm-hmm. they hear, yeah. What, what do you, no, I'm not I'm not using that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not using this little baby salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> So good. I don't know why it just strikes me so funny. He is. He really is. It just strikes me funny as Mm -hmm. well. And, you know, we've been watching the SpaceX rockets uh, blast off, and we've got to watch uh, 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 Elon Musk's car uh, go into space with the robot and everything. It was so cool. But really, do you know that that was illegal? You know, they had. We were supposed to have uh, reporters called Noah uh, because remember the last time the last rocket that went off when the second booster went off, they cut the feed. That's because Noah says that that's part of their program. That mm, it's uh, satellite platforms, and we can't show that to them. We're not supposed to show that uh, without a without a permit uh, to the government. Oh, come on! So what? our reporters called Noah, uh, whose spokespeople said, "Well, they were unaware of any involvement in the launch." Uh, and then six hours later, it said, well, you know, you know, the law that instructed SpaceX to obtain a license. Then three days later, Noah said, uh, you know, look, uh, the agency hadn't chosen to impose the requirement on SpaceX. SpaceX then came to us. So at least Elon is changing them around saying, you're not telling me what to do. Well, we came to you. All right, we're asking hmm. you. But hmm. all that footage that we've seen over the years from SpaceX and the space mm-hmm. shots and stuff, that is, well, now they're saying, you know, you're supposed to have a permit for that. That's a space in so, uh, just Mark, Mark, that, while you're in front of while you're in front of Congress, just think of all the all the little things that, that you're going to be so able to sign up for. So that they can hide the shape of the planet. Is that why? <laughs> is that why you got to get a permit for that? Because they're trying to hide the fact I've, that this planet is flat. It's I'm, not a planet after all. It's a disc. And by the way. Uh, I'm certainly glad that you said that. Yeah, that, because I walked you right, right into that because I, I didn't want to be the one. <laughs> right? To, well, somebody to had to say, to say it. Someone had to. I mean, I appreciate I appreciate what you've done. <laughs> Obviously, they're hiding it. Yeah, it's clear. This is great, though. Uh, there was a selfie taken. Is this an actual? I mean, yeah. is this not? This isn't photoshopped, right? No, no, that's up there. Okay, so let's see the selfie that was taken at the top of the world from the top of Mount Everest. Uh, it says, uh, selfie taken at the top of the world, Mount Everest, checkmate Flat Earth Society. There's, oh, there you, go. There you yeah. see the curvature. Nice. Is this the GoPro pick of the day or something? Uh, Tyler from Misery uh, uh, tweeted this at me. Oh, okay. And yeah, uh, he just really basically, cool. hey, this is for Mad Mike Hughes. Take a yeah. look. Look at that! Yeah, I mean, there's, and there's plenty of shots, curvature. and we saw the curvature with the with the Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, but uh, that was fake. Shots too. That was fake. But, this is probably fake. This up. is probably fake yeah, too. Fake. They're all so. fake. I mean, we know what's flat. They're all fake. It's I'm just... tired of this uh, hoax. A hoax. This round Earth hoax yeah. is. Uh, it's got. I mean, stop. the astronaut that Instagram no. pictures every day tripping soundstage at the and then and then they had to kill. Do you know how many they had to kill over two million? At least two million. Three million people. Two point three. Keep that. Two point three million people. Somebody just did the math really? on this a while ago. <laughs> yeah, in order to keep this quiet over the years, from 1969 till now, yeah. or, uh, and they just went from the moon landing till now, not not the whole space program, which the or the build up. Yeah, the whole build program. Up. Oh my gosh, shows yeah. you it was 2.3 million people would have to be killed. <laughs> I mean, that's how many people are involved in this stuff. Look, come on, it's not. Uh, look, it's, it's kind of up to speed with the Clintons. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's in the ballpark. It's almost, I mean, the Clintons in that space program are probably neck and neck. Right. With how they have to keep things straight. Yeah. But, it's close. Uh, <laughs> but NASA may have killed a dozen more. Maybe. A couple dozen. Something like that. Yes. Yeah, Maybe a little off. A little bit more. <laughs> so funny. And now uh, our government and the LGBTQ people uh, around the country are, uh, well, they want to help. And you know how good they want to help because cities like Seattle, Boston, San Francisco, Washington, they want to make a concerted effort to overcome uh, the HIV transmission in their cities um, with uh, unprotected sex, uh, the pre-exposure to drugs, uh, needles, dirty needles. Well, there's a pill now called uh, the PrEP pill that uh, you can take that uh, helps protect people living in high-risk areas, doing high-risk things from having HIV. Did you know that? Mm -mm. I didn't know that. No. It's called PrEP. It's a two-medicine combination pill that's sold under the name brand Travada. And they are starting to, uh, look, they're starting to create an ad campaign. Now, these ads are playing in these particular cities, but they'll be coming to a local municipality toward you. And you have this particular ad to look forward to is for the PrEP campaign. Thinking about sex? Then think about PrEP. PrEP is a safe daily pill you can take to help prevent HIV. Talk to your doctor or call the D.C. Health and Wellness Center to see if PrEP is right for you. Come on. Part to keep those HIV uh, numbers down. Part to keep those HIV numbers down. Your tax dollars at work. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Now, if, if there are some days... It's interesting, though, because there was nothing naughty about No, there that. was not. Not one thing. It's just the inference. Not one thing. There I know. Nothing naughty about it. There are days when you think to yourself, you know, I wonder if there's really... And I want to go from that mm-hmm. to actual someone who had an angel on their shoulder. Mm. And you think to themselves, Is, do you believe that? Do you believe that some people, when it's their time... It's time to go, and when it's not, somebody's looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Well, this particular lady in Massachusetts was standing at the counter at a 7-Eleven store uh, just the other night. <laughs> and this is what happened. You can see on Blaze Television as the SUV oh, smashes oh, through the 7-Eleven. Good heavens. And just misses this lady at the counter. Now, there was a guy standing that got hit. Uh, he was coming, remember, he, you see him opening the door at the very beginning, and he got hit, and wow. he was pinned under the SUV. He's alive. He did not die. Oh, good. He did not die. I would not show if, he, if there had been a death. Like in a the, Russian the, dash. Yeah, this is a dash cam. I can't show. Gonna, we can't show that. That but you want to talk about, I mean, she doesn't get a bruise. Uh, right. Uh, like, how? Missed by half an inch. Why did that happen? Um, the 31-year-old driver arrested and charged with uh, driving drunk. Yeah, he's a drunk driver. Plows through the 7 Eleven. How drunk do you uh, You got to be out of your mind. To drive through a 7 Eleven into the store? Do you think it was a tunnel? What was his problem? I don't know. I mean, my mom one time, uh, <laughs> she was uh, going to the grocery store. Oh, boy. And she was maybe not 
the finest driver on the face of this planet. <laughs> and she thought she was stepping on the brake when she actually hit oh, yeah, the I've, gas. I've had that. My, my in-law she, had that happen. She drove into the frozen food section of the grocery store. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my, my, first, my first father-in-law uh, was standing yeah. in the garage and had his uh, had his sister hit the you know, go forward instead of reverse oh. and drove him through the wall of the house. Oh man! Uh, yeah, and yeah. He, you know he was injured for quite a while. It can from happen. That. Yeah, it, it can, can happen. happen. Yeah, it's just that you know it's the it's the old joke of you know looking back to back up in the car going in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And if Oopsies. somebody's in front of you, yeah, I mean it's funny until somebody until somebody home. gets killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the meme of the day, I'll leave you with the meme photo of the day. My favorite one. Uh, notice <clears throat> this property is a is a farm. Farms have animals. Animals make funny sounds, smell bad, and have sex outdoors. Mm. Unless you can tolerate noise, odors, and outdoor sex, don't buy property next to a farm. <laughs> this farmer wanted people. They were setting up. Uh, they were setting up to build a new uh, a new neighborhood, and he wanted the people in the new neighborhood to realize that there's a farm here, and I ain't moving. Genius. That's great. Genius. That's great. Uh, there's another. You know. Uh, another way to go besides the sign, and that's to uh, get a great realtor uh, who doesn't who doesn't sell you a house next to the farm. Uh, it's called Mercury Real Estate Services, and it's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the website we set up, and these are great realtors because they're rigorously qualified by Glenn's team. Based on their experience... Uh, you don't want somebody who just got into the business yesterday, necessarily. You want somebody who's got a really good marketing plan, uh, someone with good, upstanding character. You want somebody who's gotten results for their clients in the past. And you want somebody, I believe, who is a fan of the show. Why? Well, because then they have the same, basically, generally, princip- same principles and values as you do. And you've got that, all that in common, working for you. So... When you're buying a home, biggest investment you're ever going to make. And then when you're selling it, you don't want to lose money on it. Uh, huh. And you, you don't want it to be sitting there for a long time. Man, I wish somebody would have told me that a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, buy high and sell low has been the motto. Yeah, it's it not a good way to not, go. That's not the way it's supposed to be, though, is what you're telling me. If you want to get off that merry-go-round, <laughs> go to Real Estate Agents I Trust. We'll introduce you to the best agent in your area. Let our agents earn your business. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, since we we, we got onto the uh, space situation, uh, yeah. the flat Earth deal, the cover up, yeah, yeah, the cover up, okay. totally, uh, the murder of two point three million people <laughs> that maybe had more. to be put away. Maybe, I mean, really, maybe really more, more maybe but. more. Uh, here is where NASA decided they had to get John Glenn too because he uh, spilled the beans. Former spilled, astronaut spilled the beans uh, purportedly in the nineties. Yeah, uh, under the guise. Of a comedy show. <laughs> but you Some know this is true. ask, you know, were you alone out there? We never gave the real answer, and yet we've seen things out there, strange things. But we know what we saw out there, and we couldn't... 
he couldn't really say anything, and and the bosses were scared of this. They were afraid of war of the worlds type stuff, and and about panic in the streets. And so we had to keep quiet. And now we only see these things in our, well, in our nightmares, or or maybe in the in the movies. Uh, and some of them are pretty close to being the truth. <laughs> Look. Uh, about what I just said out there, can we just keep that between us? Oh, of course, Senator. Good. Well, oh, wait. You were recording all that? Well, yeah, but that's okay. We've got plenty of tape. I'm going to need that tape. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm gonna have to, they I pretend skip, like I, it's just say, for ha, comedy. Ha, ha. <laughs> took him a while to get to John well, Glenn I mean, after it, telling it the story. Took him, it only took him, what, 25 years? Well, years? longer than that mm-hmm. because he, didn't, he wasn't killed until... Uh, uh, 2016. Yeah, but how long were they poisoning him? That's uh, true. Long time. Yeah. See. Yeah, and he finally slowed down when he was 95 to the yeah. point where they could finally yeah. get him. Yeah, I mean, you just been... don't know. Ha ha ha! Comedy uh-huh. say that stuff. It would have been too uh, obvious to get him in the Senate. You know. I'll bet you there's a lot of people who believe what he said there. Mm-hmm. I would guess you. You would be. You. Uh, you ask that question like you don't. Yeah, I have my doubts that he was. That that was an actual. Uh, right, we're done. <laughs> oh wow! Are you just going to leave? Yeah, this is really. We just, I mean, we're too preposterous. Seriously? Yeah, too preposterous. That I mean, that was absolutely real. What he was saying there it was on John Frazier. Glenn. It was John Glenn. Yeah, it was. He said it on a national network. Uh, um. Well, it was a comedy show. So. But he uh, said yeah, it on an It was a comedy show context. that covered a lot of serious topics. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with the former episodes of Frasier. Yes, it's like a self-help guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's delivering messages that people need to hear. <laughs> Thank man. you. All right, you got me. Okay. You got me. You better. Yeah. Don't. Okay. No, I'm with Unless you, you believe it, don't say it. Because you're... <laughs> Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here as well. 888-900-3393. Hey, this is a special day. It's a National 8-Track Tape Day. <laughs> oh. Why in the year 2018 would you have National 8-Track Tape Day? I mean, I don't, why not? I, well, I don't, don't... Like, what are you supposed to do? think a lot of people have eight track tapes anymore and if they do there's nowhere to play them does anybody have i'd love to hear from somebody who has eight track tapes and an eight track tape player especially in a car if you've got a car that old that still runs that would be amazing to me here's what you're supposed to do on national eight track tape day okay it recognizes an era that was here and gone in a short 20 years it is a day to remember listening to great music of the 60s and 70s on 8-track tapes. In 20 years? that 8-tracks lasted for 20 years? Hmm. 
I don't think so. Did they? Well, they were in my world in the 80s. Were uh, they really? Let's see. Because by from then, the... I'd moved on to cassette tapes. Well, look at you. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. See, I'm way ahead of my time. Even in the mean streets of Helena, you guys had cassette streets, tapes? Well, I wasn't in the mean streets of Helena in the 80s. Oh, because see, I, I... Was, I was in the very friendly streets of Salt Lake City, Utah by then. Oh, well, see, now I so, see why you had cassette tapes. I was yeah. on the mean streets of Marietta, Georgia. And we still had eight tracks over there. Uh, Mid-1960s through the early 1980s, apparently. Wow. Their heyday was. Okay. I mean, I know they were big in the early to mid-70s. And then it seems like the, the cassette tapes changed everything. Because you didn't have that click in the middle, and then it switched over to the other side. Yeah. You know, you could be right in the middle of a song, and... And then it picks back up again. Well... Couldn't you have planned that a little bit better? Oh, that's what the A-Tracks did. That's what the A-Tracks okay. did. And so the cassette tape eliminated all yeah. of that. You you had a full song, and it ended, and then you flip it over, and then you play the next side. So I wore out cassette huge. tapes. You had yeah, to go I, and buy I another copy of the cassette tape because you wore it out. And then along came, what, 1983-ish with CDs? Or 1984? I... I saw CDs were such a revelation. CDs came into my world in 1988. I had a cousin get a CD player. I think it was 88. Okay. Because then I didn't, get, I didn't get a CD player until 1990. Well, I know that the best-selling CD of all time was Boston's third album, Third Stage, because it was available on CD, and I think it was one of the first albums by a major band to be available on CD. What year was that? 86. Okay, because I think... I think... I think Rattle and Hum... I think it was I think 86. that was U2 88 is when their first one was. Uh, <clears throat> Top-selling CDs. In the 1980s. I mean, oh. it would have been surpassed probably after that. But yeah. at but, the time, well, here's it was huge. Article. This may be album. Eagles Greatest Hits. Oh, yeah. You're, that you're just this, talking records. Yeah, this is just... Yep, yeah, I'm trying to find CDs. But yeah, cool. But the eight tracks, I I remember driving around the mean streets of Helena in the summertime with my friend who uh, always had access to his parents' Ford LTD, and they had an eight track tape a player in it. And none of my parents' cars, well, we only had two, uh, and neither of them had an eight track player in it. It was just we were lucky to have an AM/FM radio. <laughs> I think, in fact, one of them only had an AM radio. Right. I don't think it was even AM, FM. And so we always went in my friend's parents' car because it had the 8-track, and we used to listen to Aerosmith's uh, Toys in the Attic over and over (laughs) and over in that thing. A lot of cruising the drag on the mean streets of Helena. Wait. Cruising for chicks. You literally just said the phrase. Cruising the drag? Cruising the drag. Yeah. That was a thing. On the mean stuff. streets. Okay, listen. Dangerous. I, believe yeah, sure, sure. Dodging bullets were you nonstop. Ducking? Like whoever the driver was any mm-hmm. given Friday night would have to. He leave. had to learn how to weave Ooh. down the road away <laughs> from the bullets. Listen, I don't, I don't have the top CDs number of all time here. I've just got the total album sales mm-hmm. updated um, about a year ago, 2017. Okay. All right. I'm guess the top five. Give me number one. What do you think number one of all time was? I already said the Eagles, okay. but that was an old article. So we're talking about the top selling basically just yep. the top selling LP there you go of all time mm-hmm. not on any particular format yeah all formats 
All formats cover. Uh, thriller, Michael Jackson. You win. Mm-hmm. Number two was the Eagles' greatest hits. Uh, yes, I was going to say that, too. G- guess for number three? Number three, uh, Eagles' greatest and thriller and by Michael Jackson. Greatest hits shouldn't count, but for this purpose, it does. This shouldn't, what? So we did Eagles' greatest hits, so yeah. I'm lamenting that that one is on there. Yeah, because it's that's kind of unfair. Yeah, right. So really, Michael Jackson Thriller stands. But everybody's got greatest hit CDs, and and nobody else is on, is on the list. And by the way, that's thirty three million certified units of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um, and what is sold. it about thirty million for e- the twenty nine million for the Eagles Greatest Hits? And number three, mm-hmm. number three, twenty three million. Billy Joel Greatest Hits Volume One and Volume Two. Come on, stop it. Okay, so, so okay, but now we're getting to another album. A normal album is number four. And there's a hint when I say, and number four, Led Zeppelin oh, 4. Oh, Led Zeppelin yeah, 4. Yeah. Uh, Led number Zeppelin five. 4 is yeah. the fourth biggest selling album of all time. Wow. That's Num- impressive. N- number five's got uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, yeah. Because that, that was on the charts for 30 years. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and then just ACDC, Back in Black, Garth Brooks, Double Live, Fleetwood Mac, Rumors, Shania Twain, Come On Over, oh, and number yeah. 10, The Beatles, The Beatles. That The Beatles are on it at all when they broke up in 1970 is pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Where is Foreigner? I'm being asked in my headset. <laughs> Let me just do Control F. Well, Foreigner 4 probably sold, not on this I don't know, 100. 7 million. They're not going to be in the top 5 or 10. No, not 100? Well... Because if is you combine all their albums, they've they've sold eighty million records. Right, U two is not on this list. Not even Joshua Tree. No. Come on, uh-uh. no, come on, whatever. Come uh, on. If, if okay, if Mariah Carey Grow Daydream up. is a num- number one hundred on this list, I know it's crazy. Cool. This is fuzzy math. You don't even want to look at that list because I'm just, about just, to vomit looking yeah, at this list. It just makes me angry. Scrolling, scrolling, vomit, puke, just ruins gross. Hey, the Boston. day. Hang on. I Where's just, Boston? Boston uh, uh, debut at about twenty million. Number twelve after Guns and Roses. Number twelve. Destruction. We got Boston. At how many? Boston. Seventeen million. Seventeen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, Dan in in uh, Nebraska. You're on the Blaze. Hi. Oh, I am. Hey. Thank you, sir. So you guys are asking. Actually, this is the second time I've had a reason to call in on your show today, but I do have an eight-track tape player. <laughs> you do really? Wow. Built, it's still used to this day. I built a. Uh, and when I was in high school, I I built a waterbed frame and I used it and put it in my waterbed frame. <laughs> what amazing memories! A waterbed <laughs> frame. That's a twofer. And an eight-track player in it. That's yep, awesome. <laughs> do, do you still do you still have a waterbed? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I replace the waterbed with an air mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to hear from anybody who still sleeps on a waterbed. Do they still sell those? I anywhere? don't know. I doubt it. Oh, I, oh I love you guys. Uh, Thank thanks. You. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. That is awesome. Oh. He built a waterbed frame. And he built a, a an eight track player into it. That's fantastic. I mean, that is 1978. Yeah, the uh, complete essence of it. That's great. Check this out. I, I'm I'm looking at an article right now. Whatever happened to the waterbed? You know, it was invented by an industrial design student named Charles Hall in 1968. Wow. 
I believe that because, yeah, I, we were always late on those. And I, my wife and I had, in the early 80s, we had a waterbed. And those things are a nightmare to move. Uh, you know, because you got to drain it. You got to. What do you drain it into? Like you have to hook up a hose yeah, or something? Yeah, and get it outside. Uh, yeah. Get, yeah. And oh so, goodness. and then you got to fill it back up again. And then it's freezing cold for a while. And the heater takes a while for the heater oh. to heat all those gallons of water in your bed. I didn't even think of that. It's just so See, stupid. I always thought it was cool when my friends, like their parents would have a water bed. You know, there was a couple in my mm-hmm. life. And I was just like, man, that's pretty cool. And you jump pretty on it. Cool. And they go, no, 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 don't jump on it. I don't want to leak yeah. anywhere. But in, if you ever get a leak, that's fun too. When you get, <laughs> when you get a leak in your bed and you wake up soaking wet. And everybody's in a pool of water. That's fun. In 1984, waterbeds were a $2 billion business. Wow. At the height of their popularity. What are they now? 1987, that was 22% of all mattress sales. 1987, so one out of every five. Um, what are they now? I don't like know. zero? Right. You would think about zero. How many waterbeds are in landfills today across this country? God. And they never decompose because the... Liner was plastic or something. I, I don't know. That's, pro- that's probably what environmentalists would yeah, say. Yeah, Al Gore would not be happy about that stat. But what a cool thing that there's still National 8-Track Tape Day. Mm. Gives you a little something to reminisce about, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It even led to waterbeds and waterbed talk. <laughs> you can't beat that. I'm trying to find a waterbed for sale. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking the wrong places. I don't know. Uh, oh, eBay's got them. Oh, I bet. I Waterbed bet. frames, at least. Yeah. Oh, no, and the whole deal. Oh, no thanks. And, then, and the water? Yeah, you have water. You ship the water extra. <laughs> it's, That's really heavy when you send the mattress with the water in it. Look at this. Uh, shipping's a little more expensive that way. <laughs> the waterbed mattresses are like between $1,000 and $1,500. Are I'm you I'm surprised they're not giving me? it away. Now, here's a guy who's smart. 50 bucks for his. He says, just take it. Just whatever. Five bucks? Whatever. Wow. No. I'm not Who's going to pay $1,400 for a waterbed mattress? Absolutely now? no one. Stop it. Mm-mm. Stop it. Ridiculous. 888 <laughs> or at Pat Unleashed. Now, as we're reminiscing here, do you remember something else? When schools uh, felt safe and they were built to teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, not social justice indoctrination, that time is also gone. It's a, it, it, that time has passed. That's why there is Freedom Project Academy. They take a classical approach, and it's the perfect fit for your family if you're just fed up with the never-ending agenda being pushed in classrooms all over the country. Um, this is the way Thomas Jefferson uh, was educated, in a, in a classical education. Now your kids can be educated that same way. It's an incredible interactive education. Students attend live classes every day with teachers that are live. This isn't something recorded. The classmates are all learning together there. Um, Freedom Project Academy doesn't accept any government funding, so they're not beholden to, to, uh, to the government. And they can stay committed to teaching your kids how to think, not what to think. You can enroll your uh, your kids full-time or start with one class. Completely up to you. Go to freedomforschool.com and get their free information packet. Look it over. See what you think. I think you're going to love it. Freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Pat Gray. Only.
on the Blaze Radio Network. or Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, From Nicole, I bet Trump was conflicted about the salt and pepper shakers because smaller ones would make his hands look bigger. (laughs) See, I had the biggest smaller uh, salt and pepper shakers on the table. See what you did there. Yeah, and they they would conflict with his teeny little hands. There's a thinking man's tweet. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And Steinkamp. Uh, the teachers with the baseball bats can wrap barbed wire around them, call them a Lucille, like Negan in The Walking Dead. Oh. Sure. Uh, plus, that'll just scare anybody with a gun, right? If they see a bat with barbed wire on it, yeah. they're going to run like crazy. Like, they're not going to be deterred by the little mini baseball The 16-inch bats? The promo night at the Rangers game yes. giveaway. Yeah. But you wrap some- first 500 kids through the door, get a 16 inch bat. Yeah. Throw it you. at an intruder at your school. <laughs> no, but you wrap barbed wire, then they're not even going to show up at the school. From Nick in Detroit, 16 inch bats, isn't that just another way to say baton? <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Uh, and the great Jack Holio, maybe someone should tell Congress that the Constitution isn't written in Swahili and they should read it sometime. <gasps> Oh, good idea. Racism. Did you just use the word Swahili? Oh, wait. What? Oh. Racist. Oh, we should have read that one. Oh, my. Can we get in trouble for reading the word Swahili? Probably. We should make it very clear. We didn't say it. It wasn't a quote from us. It was from somebody else. We're just reading. That's code or dog whistle for uh, some kind of racist term, uh, I guess. Yeah. We're finding out from people. Aaron Burnett. Thank you so much at CNN. So ridiculous. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Uh let's go to Melvin in California. Hey Melvin, you're on the blaze. How you doing, Brad? Uh, you were talking about the eight track players. Did you ever hear of a four track player? A four track? Hmm. Yes. I don't, I don't think was, I'm familiar with them. Well, I had uh, this is about nineteen sixty or sixty one. One of my buddies' house and he was in his, in his car, he had a brand new Ford hot rod and uh he was a song. I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm putting a tape player in here. I said, well, that's stupid. They used to have record players, but nobody used them, you know. So he had met a guy named Muntz. He used to be Muntz uh, Stereos. Yeah. And he had, he had a buddy who had most of them. They'd give him a franchise or something, and he opened a store in Riverside, California, and they were installing these in cars for free. Mm. And they were charging for the player, but they weren't charging for the installation. Oh, okay. And what they... With that locked up their thing because there weren't anything available to buy on the shelves that were four track yet because it was brand new. So they'd bring in their records and he would record them on the tapes and feed them into the player. And he had a really great business going for a long time with a where the uh, the radio stations would show up and do all those promotional things and. Uh huh. Well, at, cool a t- at, a, at a time when when they were probably mostly mono tracked, right? Or or maybe. Uh... Just they they were the tracks. same thing. They were they were the same track, same thing as an eight, except it was a four track. Yeah, it only had four tracks on it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I didn't know there was a forerunner called a four track. I had no idea. That's interesting. That's you're not old enough. Did he, <laughs> did he get rich off of it? 
Uh, he did pretty well. I don't know what he did in the end run, but I think he, he probably lasted seven or eight years, and uh, then I guess he went out of business. I don't know what happened. but uh, Yeah, well, the A-Track came along. <laughs> yeah, the A-Track came out, and it was in stores, and so the, he had a personalized business going. Uh, that's really great. Pretty cool for a while. Yeah, thanks, Melvin. Appreciate it. So 8-Track killed the 4-Track, and then video killed the radio star uh, later on. You got it. Although it didn't. It didn't? No. And they thought they thought it was going to, especially when MTV kicked in. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, in 1981, when MTV debuted, the thought process was, okay, now radio's over. Because now, you're not just going to hear the song, you're going to see it. And what they didn't realize was, people don't want the image that you're forcing on them of the song. It's much better on radio when you come to your own conclusions on what the song means to you. Huh. That's my personal theory on how uh, MTV did not kill the radio star. Spoken like a true DJ. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you had the personality of radio, too, because uh, MTV could not compete with that. See, I, I agree with what you're saying about interpret songs the way you want to. Mm-hmm. But if you make a really compelling video, which the band Travis, if you go to YouTube after the show, 3 p.m. Eastern, and look for any Travis band video... They are so good at that, and it enhances the song. You always have the most obscure artist to push out there. As well, you got to really dig for good music these days, Pat. <laughs> I guess so. So when this show's over, I'm sending out a Travis video. Okay. And everyone will enjoy and it. I'll be looking forward to that okay. with a great deal of anticipation. Oh, you might even retweet it. You might catch yourself doing that later, wow. Mr. Twitter. might I? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Could I happen. am so multitask. Mm-hmm. You know that. 888 <laughs> Daniel in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat, this is Daniel. Hey, Daniel, this is Pat. Oh, yeah, I got the one big question of the week with this whole Facebook uh, interview thing with Congress. Um, How come all the people planning this thing didn't uh, help Al Gore as a special guest? So, uh, you know, he inc- he invented the Internet and all. Right, I think right. he's sitting there asking questions. <laughs> he might say something. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially his... The father of the Internet yeah, should be there. Platform he he should have been there, right? Yes. Am I missing something here? He should. No, you're not missing anything. The rest of us are until you brought it up. Where was Al Gore, the inventor of the Internet? Wow. Wow. Uh, good question. Thanks, Oversight Daniel. right there. Horrible. I mean, he used to be the president of the Senate. What a slap in the face. Wow. What an oversight. Like, you don't there. bring the guy who invented the platform on which Facebook makes all this money to get his thoughts on this thing? I mean, seriously. I love what he said, too, because in 19... I think it says 1972, I took the initiative and created the internet actually says that i'm gonna see if i can find that real quick as a matter i'm of looking to uh oh i'll find it baby yes here we go, here we go. Okay. Uh, during my service in the united states uh, congress uh, i took the initiative in creating the internet yeah okay he doesn't even give a year <laughs> but it was during his service in the house of representatives that i took the initiative and created the internet <laughs> no qualifier at all. None. Not, I was part of a group of... No, no it's no. just straight to it. Uh, during my service in, in the, the United States uh, Congress, Congress uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. <laughs> that is amazing. There's no wiggle room. I remember when, when people used to say that all the time about him. I, I thought, okay, he didn't actually say mm-hmm. he invented it. We're making something out. Nope, then you find the actual audio. Nope, he said it. <laughs> he said it. Plain as day. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Steve in Missouri. You're on the blaze. 
Hey, how, how's it going? Hey, good. Uh, I was telling you, Screener, back in the 80s when my stepsister got married, her and her husband had a waterbed. Yeah. And she was sewing in bed one night, and she forgot it was a waterbed, and she kept sticking the needle down in the sheet, you know, when she wasn't using it, until <laughs> she's sitting in a puddle of water. <laughs> Oops. I don't know if she ever lived that down with her. Oh, my gosh. And then you had the guy talking about the four tracks. Yeah. Uh, I worked at a radio station in 76, and we had the cart machines, and I was told those were actually four tracks. Huh. I I don't know that that's accurate. I don't think it is. Um, But I do remember cart machines. Yeah. Those are gone now, too. I still have some. What station did you work at in 76? It was uh, KLUM. It was Lincoln Radio Station in Jefferson City. Top 40 radio? Uh, No, it was just uh, a university station, and we did a hard rock uh, show. Nice. From from 12 to 3 on Friday and Saturday nights. FM? Yeah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. That had to be fun. Thanks, Steve. Uh, I remember back in the day, in the 70s, at least on the mean streets of Helena, AM still ruled uh, the airwaves in the late 70s. And I think in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, that was starting to change, but it hadn't yet in Montana. And so the AM stations still were, were doing pretty well, and they were usually top 40. But then you had that FM signal that was always... So crystal clear, and they played all the tracks that you weren't playing over and over and over again on AM radio, and it was just bound to happen. And the fidelity was just so much different with FM than it was for AM. And even when AM stereo came out and the high-fidelity AM stereo, nothing could save music on the AM band, and that's why... Uh, it's talk radio now and, on and, the AM band right. as a rule. And that's how I got into talk radio was, you know, you'd wait for the sun to go down, you'd switch over to AM radio, and you right. you listen to talk. The signal would skip from all over, and, you know, yeah. I lived in Atlanta, and I was listening to New Orleans and Cincinnati and Chicago, and it was great in the summertime because a lot of these same stations that had these great powerful signals that you could pick up at night were also the flagship station for baseball teams. And there was oh, yeah. no internet. There was no you know, satellite TV or anything. You right. would flip around and listen to the games on the radio. Uh, I love In Montana, things. because there were so few signals, we got signals from at night, you know, when the sun went down. From Los Angeles, mm-hmm. from Minneapolis, from Calgary, uh, from all over the country. It was just, it's so cool. And it's... It is so cool. There's nothing like that anymore. Absolutely. Sad. I mean, I, it's just my sad. mom and I were in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, listening to a weather report um, in Atlanta mm-hmm. off of just AM radio. And then we were driving from the Las Vegas airport through the desert listening to Omaha, Nebraska. And those are just a couple of great memories of just big events that we were hearing back in our hometowns. It's changed. And I just love it. Back when I was a kid, I mean, we didn't have all this newfangled yeah. technology. I don't want to talk internet. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We actually, I think, have somebody standing by who still has a waterbed. Oh, oh good. We'll talk to him Ooh. next. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. I did. 
How did she know I was going to do that? That's Oof. really, wow. Magic trick. Very strange. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. What was it that kicked us into this? Uh... Oh, it's National 8-Track Day. Oh, National 8-Track Day. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that brings back memories. <laughs> uh, I mean, it seems like a different lifetime ago now, doesn't it? It doesn't, that doesn't even seem like it was me or right. us or that really happened. <laughs> Just these distant memories that you think, nah, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> nah, yeah. I couldn't have been that way. Totally. I mean, life has changed so much in the last 40 years that it's almost unrecognizable. You think of all the innovations from, say, 1900 to 1979 or 80, which were incredible. But the ones since 1980 till now, I mean, you couldn't fathom it. This is the time when all those sci-fi shows uh, kind of predicted. This was around the time period where they'd stretch out the time period to now and they thought they were going to be flying cars and that kind of thing. And while that didn't sort of happen, although it kind of did or is, hmm. so many other things that nobody foresaw did happen and uh, have taken technology to a place where you couldn't even have guessed a lot of this stuff. It's really amazing. And when you think back on 8-tracks and how ancient that technology is, and yet it enabled us to listen to the music we chose to listen to in our cars. So it was great to us at the time. But now, I mean, with Apple CarPlay, (laughs) I mean, digitally you're getting things into your car, whatever you want to hear, anytime you want to hear it, instantly. When you can download a book, you hear about a book that has just come out, and it sounds fascinating. You don't have to go down to Barnes & Noble and buy it. In fact, you probably can't anymore because there are no Barnes & Nobles, or very few. In five to ten seconds, you can own that book and begin reading it. (laughs) Staggering, isn't it? It You're at home, and you want to watch a movie, and you don't have to go to Blockbuster or Hollywood or wait till it comes out in the theater again some years from now when they do the the re-release. You simply download it, and in five or ten seconds, you're watching it. Yeah. It's I, unbelievable. You used to have to wait three years for it to go from the theater mm. to TV. Yeah. So there was, a, there was a staggered, you know, there was it's in the theaters, and then I think six months or whatever, it's in the blockbuster, and then it's, you know, mm-hmm. for sale, and then three years before it could be broadcast, and now it's... There's in, a ton of Hollywood executives now who are wanting to shorten the period even further wow. from the time it's released at the theaters till the time it comes out on demand or on uh, DVD, they're pushing for uh, three weeks now. <laughs> three to four weeks. Wow. That would be something. Would that kill the movie theater? I don't know. I don't think so because of the innovations at the theater. Because of the comfort level that they've injected into some of these, you know, with the recliners and the food <laughs> and and the special sound systems, mm-hmm. I, I, you can't really duplicate that. It, I guess you can duplicate it actually in some homes. Mm. Just costs a lot of money. You can do almost anything you want at home mm. if you have enough money. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Jim in New York. Jim, you're on the Blaze. Hi. Hi. Hey. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, you say you have a waterbed still? Oh, yeah. Like now? We bought it back in 1990. Mm. Okay. And we're still using it. We love it. 
That's amazing. You still we love it. Place the liner. Yeah. But but yeah, we love the bed. Because you can actually get algae buildup in the liner, can you not? Oh, yeah. Well, you have to keep treating it. I hate that. So you have to treat your bed with chemicals. There's there's chemicals you pour in there periodically to keep it. Which, yeah, we love it. Uh, I just remember that situation. I thought about getting rid of it. So how many times have you moved with it? Uh, Twice. That's a real pain. Yeah, that is a pain. Yeah. (laughs) As a matter of fact, you need help. Two or three people to help you carry it when you empty it. <laughs> but uh, obviously, you guys think it's worth the effort, right? Oh you yeah, we love it. Still uh, love I've it. got a bad back, and actually, it's baffled. It's not one of them like you're in a like you're on a boat. Okay. Well, uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. sleep really well. You know, and then, huh. you know, I just got the eight track player. I had him back in the '60s. I put it in my car, and my favorite eight track was Three Dog Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Three Dog Night. Nice. Yeah, but, it was it was great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but he had a water bed. I have a friend who also misses her water bed. <laughs> That's really something. Uh, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. That was my first concert, Three Dog Night. Early Seriously. 80s. Like, I don't know if they were getting to get, I don't know the whole situation, but my earliest Do you memory, know if it was the original members? I don't know. It, whatever their That's tour was band. in the early 80s. They don't have enough credit either. Three Dog Night. Mm-hmm. And all the songs they had. One, Joy to the World. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He's a good friend of mine. No, I never understood a single word he said, but I I helped him drink his wine. Really? I mean, he always had some mighty fine wine. Good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never been to Spain, which I've also quoted on the radio before. Uh, they were really good, like them. Uh, John in Kentucky, you're on the blaze. Hi. Yeah, Pat. Hey. Got all kinds of stuff like that. You got, you got my water bed. Got eight tracks. <laughs> you still have all these things? Nice. Well, yeah, the water bed ain't bad. If you got bad back, there's nothing no better. <laughs> I do have a bad back, but I and and maybe it's just been too long since we've owned a water bed, and I, I don't remember them being. But I mean, there's some pretty good mattresses now that can help you with that. But well, you, you get the, the heat from it, and you don't get the yeah, you, know, you get all the padding in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do have a, do you have a working eight track system now? Uh, it's been put up for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, nobody uses it's, uh, it's old component piece, for, you know, for component stereo. Right. Those are uh, those are ancient too, man. Nobody has well, those anymore. It's a quadraphonic too. <laughs> Quadra in quadraphonic sound. The four speakers. Awesome. All right. Thanks, John. At the time, though, that was amazing to us. This has quadraphonic sound. <laughs> it has Just to hear that Quadraphonic phrase. sound? What is that? <laughs> I don't, what is that? What does that even mean? Like four. Yeah. I think just four track, right? Four I think it's just or what? they can... They can separate the mu- the music into oh. four into four different pieces, and it can come to you in different speakers. Huh? I think that's what that means. Maybe somebody can help us out with quadraphonic sound. I don't remember exactly what that was, but it would seem to me that's what it was. And I did find that Three Dog Night was touring in the spring and summer of 1985. Which okay. would make total yeah, sense. Yeah, that was that yeah. Was, they were that was an oldies band. And, but and I think I think some of the it's a, most of the most of the band was uh, the original members. I think yeah. one was switched out um, uh, for a drug habit. 
something going on there. But what I was, a surprise! Yeah, right. You mean a rock roll. band had a somebody on in the group with a drug habit? I mean, what are the odds, right? Almost one to one, but no more astronomical than that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one to one point zero 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 one. Yeah, perhaps. So yeah, one of the Three Dog Night members just died recently. I think it was. Was it Chuck Negron? Mm. Uh, but sad. I mean, and the guy was, I don't know, 96 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, let's see, Corey Wells died in 2015. Yeah. 74 years old. 70. In 2015, he was 74. Yep. Okay. So there. Uh, that helps. Thank yeah. you for that. Uh, kind of ages us all. Mm-hmm. Lonnie in Montana, <laughs> you're on the blaze. Hi. Lonnie? Hello? Hey. Hi. Yeah. Where in Montana do you live? I'm in Lewistown, the, the geo, geological center of Montana. Okay. All right. Actually from Texas myself, though. Oh, well, good for you. What are you doing up there then? Mother moved up here, and I followed her, and she went back to Texas, and we stayed. Okay. Well, that's a great so, state, too, though. Mm-hmm. But you have a you, it is. you still have a working 8-track system that you listen to? Yeah, I have a JVC. It's nice wood grain box. Okay. And I play it. And my grandson, we've been raising since he was six months old. He's 11 now. He found it over, wondering what it was, and he started playing it. So my eight track's still playing, and it's alive in the house. Does it, cool. does it click over to the other side in the middle of, of a song? Well, when, when that track is done, it, it switches <laughs> to the next track. <laughs> Still works all good. <laughs> That's great. All right. Thanks, Lonnie. Apparently, it's more prevalent than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and one of my childhood memories that, that it just occurred to me there was um, my dad. See, you would call and request a song on the radio. You know, if you wanted to yep. hear it, mm-hmm. you couldn't just go to the computer, kids, you know. Right. Um, and so then you would go and you would get ready to record on your 8-track off of the radio. On your 8-track or your, your cassette player. Yeah. Yes. It's probably illegal, but Man, whatever. I did that a lot of yeah. times. A and, lot. I mean, I didn't do that, but I thought about right, it. Right, you thought about doing that. I don't, I don't want to be arrested. And so, again... Um, Statute of limitations up from recording things on the radio. Well, there's this guy named Charlie, uh-huh. and there's a hypothetical <laughs> here, but he would hypothetically record off the radio, and you'd have to sit through the commercials yep. that you've already sat through that are now recorded onto that 8-track before it got to that song. Although you could fast-forward. Maybe on maybe in Helena, you the wealthy area, <laughs> not not. <laughs> oh yeah, not where I lived. Yeah, that's yeah. So anyhow, I mean, sometimes people confuse Helena for Beverly Hills, California. That's how wealthy it is. I huh. mean, yeah, you go down Main Street in Helena. A lot of people look around and think, "Wait, did I take a wrong turn and wind up on Rodeo Drive?" <laughs> Wait a minute. And the is, answer is no. You didn't. You're in Helena. Is this, this the same? That's how opulent this place is. The same Main Street. Where you would, what was the phrase? Cruising, oh, cruise the drag, cruise the drag, and dodge yeah. those bullets. Although the uh, drag did not include Main Street. Oh well, did not. Include. Sorry about that. I just yeah. I took Main a Street shot in the dark. slash Last Chance Gulch is oh, nice. actually technically the name of it. That's a cool street name, isn't that great? It's because it was where the miners uh, mined gold. Their last, it was a last chance. It was the last place they could find gold was on that street, and so. Did you ever find gold when you were a kid growing up? Back no, in the day? but I had a friend who came up from Las Vegas every year, and he he did that because he had 
terrible allergies, and it was better mm-hmm. in Montana than Vegas. Mm-hmm. And he and his dad used to go out looking for gold all the time. And I used to tell him, look, Montana's all golded out. <laughs> golded out, baby. It's been golded out since the late 1800s. Uh-huh. Stop doing it. They'd wind up with a little teeny tiny little chip with of that, a rock sometimes. Would that buy him a plane ticket back home? No. No. <laughs> no, especially not at that time with the price of gold. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. 888 uh, with your thoughts. Also at Pat Unleashed. Now, so many Americans own guns, and then we don't do anything with them. We don't become proficient using them, which is so important. If you're going to own a gun, you owe it to yourself and to your family to learn how to use it. Uh, so when was, think about it, when was the last time you practiced with your gun? And, and it's probably, if it's a long time, it's probably because it's a hassle. It's also expensive. You got to buy the ammo, and that is really expensive right now. You got to pay the range fees and the going back and forth. And then when you get to the range, you have to wait for a lane to open up. Right. Aggravating. It is. So, iTarget Pro has revolutionized home firearm training. It uses your actual gun so you can become proficient with the firearm you're actually going to use in real life. And it utilizes your smartphone and their app. And a laser in place of the bullet so it detects exactly where your shots are landing. You see it and you hear it right on the target. So now you can practice home defense at home where it matters most. Test the different angles. Maximize your tactical advantage. All of the things that you couldn't do on the range. And right now with iTarget Pro, you can save 10% when you use the offer code PAT when you purchase the system. Save money, save time, and take your skill to the next level. It's I, the letter I, then TargetPro.com. Offer code PAT. ITargetPro.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. This uh, stroll down memory lane with eight tracks and waterbeds has created a dopamine feedback loop for me right now. Right. Is that evil? Is that wrong? We should probably be talking about stuff that makes us feel really crappy because you don't want a dopamine feedback loop. It's true. That's uh, apparently illegal and, and terrible. Yeah, there's only about 10 minutes left of the show. I mean, we can't hold your hand past 3 o'clock Eastern. Right. Sorry. That's right. going to come down off this high. <laughs> uh <laughs> It does bring back good memories, though, and yeah. it, it does show you how far we've come and how quickly. Man, the world just was revolutionized. Really something. Overnight, it feels like. Almost literally overnight. Mm-hmm. I mean, things were still kind of the similar, the same by 1990, but after that point, it took off. When, once the internet kicked into gear, it's been like the singularity. It's just been increasing exponentially. I, I, I mean, let's, to put this into perspective on a more micro level, my childhood, uh, we had eight tracks playing while we washed our cars in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, uh, I would 
crawl around underneath furniture at a store. My parents would uh, look at, uh, I don't know, waterbeds. Waterbeds. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just now during the break, I got an alert from eBay that uh, a Lego uh, item, that a Star Wars Lego kit that my son ordered has arrived. So I texted my daughter to say, hey, it's sitting out in front of the door uh, if he wants to start building it. Amazing. I mean, just... And when you think about it, too, if you were ordering on Amazon, you could see the Lego kit and tell them you want it delivered uh, prime and in one hour. And you could have it an hour from then. (laughs) You you didn't have to go anywhere. You didn't have to go to the store. You didn't have to produce any cash. Uh, I mean, the way we conduct business, too, is so different. Really something. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Charlie in Wisconsin, you're on the blaze. Hey, I'm from the old school. Uh and what I'd like to tell you about is we used to have on Lake Michigan, we used to have beach parties. And I had a eight track system mm-hmm. that folded up and when you opened it up, you could take one speaker off and put it off a little farther than the other one. <laughs> They'd be like ten feet apart. Yeah. So you had a stereo system with the 8-track in it, uh-huh. and it was portable. So, cool. I mean, I had that one up to four years ago. I got rid of it at a yard sale. And then back in the 70s, I had a Corvette that had the quadraphonic sound. Nice. And you had to have <laughs> just the certain quad tapes. And right. so we'd take that baby, and we'd put Pink Floyd in there and <laughs> Hit the expressways over in Milwaukee, you'd be a little stoned, and I mean, it, that was—you were tripping like you were in a spaceship. You had to feel pretty cool. Uh, with it a, was with a Corvette. I mean, cars- <laughs> you had a vet and quadraphonic sound. Come on now, yeah, that's that's yep. pretty amazing. Wow. And then we go deeper. Uh-huh. Back in the '60s, my car—I got what they call a reverb system in it, and that thing was where all the sound would be like in an echo chamber. Yeah. And it had one little minor flaw. If you'd hit a bump really hard, everything would go. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the skipping. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. So were your parents wealthy? How did you have access to all this stuff? Well, I just worked. Just worked. Good for you. And back then, it seemed like everything was easier to get. Yeah, doesn't it? Didn't uh, it? Yeah. It seemed I mean, like it was a, on the thing for nothing. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, and and it was an easier. It was a simpler time. Even though, I mean, the seventies were not perfect. We all know that. Uh, and along came Jimmy Carter, who practically destroyed the country. Certainly destroyed our morale. Blaming everything on the American citizens. It was just after Vietnam, and the perception was we lost that war, and the veterans came back here to a really bad reception. And then you had Jimmy Carter telling us how bad of a people we were uh, and and reducing the size and strength of the military to the point where we couldn't even practically couldn't even defend ourselves anymore. So there were a lot of issues, but still, even with all of that skyrocketing inflation, interest rates, price of gas, yeah, the gas shortage and crisis. It just, it felt like a simpler time, didn't it? It didn't feel like we have the weight of the world on us. It didn't feel like that at that time. But it certainly does, kind of does now, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Even though we have access to all this new stuff, all the new technology, we can pretty much go anywhere and do anything we want 
without even leaving our homes. It's almost to the point. I mean, we are not far from that new Steven Spielberg movie, Ready Player One. You could almost have that world. If we were more into the the VR, if we were just a little bit deeper uh, and a little bit further down that road, I mean, we're going to be able to do what is presented in that movie within just a few years. You know that. Yeah, probably not me, since I can't ever get the VR thing to fit snugly on my phone, so I just give up in frustration, so everybody else will be enjoying that world, except for me. Mm -hmm. I'll just be old school. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, it will be available to just about everybody. Yeah, no kidding. It'll be, and you'll be able to escape reality yeah. for a little while, and you can get addicted to all of that stuff. It's a scary part of it. There's going to be a lot of virtual reality addicts, and a lot of people who who don't want the hassle of real life relationships, and so they will fall in love with digits, digital images, digital sensations. What was the term that uh, Jeffy had yesterday? Um, digisexuals. Digisexuals. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, here we are. <laughs> yes. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, uh, here's here's some good news for you that oh. you can you can uh, think about the rest of your day. California officials are, <laughs> and it's hard to imagine say, that start. something great came out of California, but this is awesome. <laughs> you start a, the story with. California officials, I'm going to brace myself. <laughs> yeah. They're hoping their latest attempt to stern the rising tides of climate change will lead to a more socially conscious and cooler summer. What are they doing? <laughs> They're painting their streets white. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? They're doing what now? <laughs> officials in L.A. have been painting streets white to reduce the effect of urban heat islands and combat the effects of climate change okay because what california is just a wash and extra cash what do we do with all this cash i don't know let's buy paint well they're only you know tens of billions of dollars in debt uh-huh. so they got plenty of money uh <laughs> to spend on painting their streets white wait a minute wait a minute wait what are they painting with they're not painting with a brush they're probably painting with some huge aerosol roller. thing yeah. or whatever so they're probably damaging the precious environment that they're trying to protect by painting the streets They began rolling out the project last May. Uh Uh, Preliminary testing showed reduced temperature of roadways by up to 10 degrees. Mm. Maybe they're on to something here. Maybe they're on to something. Maybe so. And then again, probably not. But I mean, they've been kicking this around, painting streets and and rooftops white for a long time. (laughs) As for me and mine, I don't think that's the solution to their climate change hoax. No. 888-900-3393. We'll uh, see you tomorrow when you can use that number again. Meantime, you can tweet us at Pat Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.